0: Sip on the go with a Starbucks Ice Shaken Espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike?
1: Hey, this is Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Shouted Out Loud cast. They're gonna give you a reason to live, make you feel like you're the king of the mountain, and when it's all said and done, they're gonna dance all over your face.
2: Oh yeah, we got some good-looking girls. Oh yeah, if you people want a little bit of rock and roll, I said a few people. Want-
1: Hello, hey! What's up, there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shouted Out Loudcast, episode one three one. We're calling this one
3: Biography History Part Two. Electric Boogaloo. Every time there's a part two, it's that. Yeah, here we go. This is uh we had a great time last week with part 1. Now it's time for part 2, The Only Kiss Podcast that is breaking this down to the point where we're dedicating separate episodes to separate parts of history as it should be done.
1: The Only Kiss Podcast whose <laughs> review of the biography is, long, is longer, longer than, the, than bi- the biography.
3: <laughs> right? That is true, that is true, but we, we wouldn't have it any other way. That's what we do yes, yep,
1: so um Tom, how you doing today? fantastic fantastic a towel a towel
3: Yeah, exactly um, that's how, about, how about what about you booger?
1: I'm combing the high schools all day, and then after that, I've been uh rewatching a little bit of uh the biography. And uh, breaking down some more stuff, taking some more notes, and getting all my angst and frustration and excitement all out, and can't wait to release it upon you, the listeners.
3: Uh, and I did, and I did buy it off of uh, Amazon Prime. The, the the two episodes for a five ninety nine. Greatest thing I ever did no commercials and it and it it flows so much better not having a fast forward or skip commercials just having it go nonstop. if you guys haven't bought it out there at 99 it's permanently feels for, for you to own in your Amazon Prime library do it i can't believe that it's that cheap me too
1: like this is one of those things that they like didn't price it correctly
3: and i'm shocked wait a minute 5.99 that's ridiculous it should be five ninety nine a minute.
1: Paul, I heard on a podcast and they said,
2: Do you like kiss?
1: They were talking about our biography being underpriced. We need to work on that. Exactly. Whatever you say, Gene. <laughs> what
3: the fuck? What? No. no, you're right. I thought when I thought when I saw 5.99, I'm like, holy shit! You can't buy anything for 5.99. Let alone yeah, a fucking exactly. four-hour kiss biography. Yeah, exactly. So, do it's, it, people.
1: Yeah, and it's just that thing where you know we always want to imagine having. We talk about the app thing. I've always talked about imagine having like Kiss Extreme close up. Like, oh, let's put it on right now. I would watch
3: is. that. I would literally watch that <laughs> every day if I had that on digital. Like,
1: <laughs> and I thought. Uh, <laughs> A bum came in. It was eighth.
3: <laughs> you if you think we're dedicating two episodes to the Kiss history biography, we might have ep- dedicate a month to extreme <laughs> close-up. <Yes, yes>. A <laughs> <Hey, laughs> shut the
1: fuck up. <laughs> Wait your turn. Oh god. Anyway. It's anyway.
3: like being elected president and complaining about having to wear a tie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like a roller
1: coaster said <laughs> Here we go um, Anyway let's go to the poll We always break down the polls From the previous week And that was with regard to I think uh, what was the big Takeaway is
3: that correct Yes big, uh, the big takeaways in our opinion That we thought uh, For us watching it were part one So obviously four And they were Paul and Gene talking to each other those clips of them kind of on the couch next to each other. Um, Ace and Peter missing uh, the new pictures, videos and interviews. And one that Zeus and I were a big fan of, and apparently a a lot of people on the poll weren't was Paul Stanley commenting on Peter Chris's behavior and his laughing during the Tom Snyder interview and how Paul interpreted that laughter as, Oh yeah, he's not laughing because Ace is funny. He's laughing because he's looking at me and Gene squirming and being unhappy um so we put we put that in there because that was a big one for us so i was surprised i thought ace and peter missing would be number one but the number one thing that people love 37 paul and gene talking to each other so that was good ace and peter missing 31 new pictures videos interviews 26 percent. and then the paul stanley tom snyder peter Chris thing last only six percent so i think only me and you voted for that one <laughs> probably yeah. um so we got a lot of we got some comments there a lot of people really enjoyed the Paul and Gene kind of talking to each other thing. Um, Our buddy Steve said, no ace and Peter. Bury the hatchet and give something special to the fans. Hoping for more new videos one day and a new kissology. And then our buddy Deuce, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the episode here because I don't remember this. How about Tom using the word minutiae three times in five minutes? Well, guess what? I'm going to use it all night. (laughs) What do you think of that? Um, Nick, I hate peter and ace are out but i got to see them all together in the 96 97 reunion tour okay and then zeus up uh, zeus deuce jumped in again and talked about how great it was to see eddie kramer talking yes and Ezrin with destroyer um will Tennant, ace and peter missing was their own doing it's not as if they were there the entire time okay vincent roman maroney now i'm really angry this is fargan war <laughs> um I love the Paul and Gene parts it really hammered home how unique the original band was there was a magic there that cannot be replaced and it wasn't back in full with the reunion I'm a huge 80s to 90s and current fan all right cool okay Twisted Kisser 1988 is my earliest memory of Kiss and since that time Paul and Gene are the constants I would take a whole documentary of them just talking about stuff I don't think anyone or anything outside of family and friends have been a part of my life for so long and we were going to Come back to a comment and a sentiment like that later on. Twisted Kister. Well said.
1: Yeah, but Twisted Kister would more likely get a big bag of fucking dicks for (gasps) his comment on uh, Hook Rocks' earlier tweet in the week. He's talking about brand new music. And I think he put something like, you hear (laughs) that, (laughs) Zeus? And my maturity level, because I have a microphone now, wants to say, dude, Take your fucking new music that you're going to sit there on the fucking radio or in your car while you're jotting around trying to find new music, okay? And stick it where the sun don't shine because we are adults. We're not kids with all this extra fucking time to be playing music. My commute, my time where I'm available to play music is limited. I want to play shit that I'm, I know and I want to go to. Not your fucking
3: oh
1: hootie and the cumstains is playing they're new.
3: I want to listen to that. That's like, a great no. that is a great album, by the way. What hootie, hootie and in, the cum stains? Oh, it's way better than the blowfish. Yeah. When they broke up and yeah. cumstains,
1: and I don't want to listen to that shit. I want to play my fucking music that I know and love. So that's man.
3: So <laughs> Zeus and I after we saw that I said to Zeus, I go, Hey, Hey, buddy, go listen to your fucking new rock album you just found. I'm gonna go fucking listen to Under Lock and Key while I go for a run.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like I don't have time, but let me search the radio for fucking something I might like.
3: Nah, I'm gonna listen to Dream Warriors again. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you you listen to Dream Warriors, <laughs> not me. <laughs> All right, back to comments here. Joe Arnold, seeing Gene and Paul sitting and talking together like that was kind of cathartic for me. I definitely missed Ace and Peter, but the stuff with Gene and Paul made me feel like it was okay to let go. I loved seeing them together like that. Yes, a lot of people did. Jace 430, Paul's feet. (laughs) That should have been an option uh on the fly i'm like you guys it was just surreal to see gene and paul talking to each other it was so great paul was definitely the paul i could like not the one that is a heartless judgmental all the time great show as always keep it up that stevie fly dave kinney paul stanley super fan um uh, he said uh what? there's nothing wrong with being a paul stanley super fan what's the matter with that <laughs> that's, like that's, the- that's not that's an like insult the- the understatement of the year that's not an insult he's passionate about paul he's Dude, been on the he cruise. has the he's... love of an ace cult fucking facebook group hey he loves paul he's been on the cruise he's met him he posts pictures god love you baby. oh good <laughs> he's a little more than just love paul look let's not talk about the fact that he's had multiple restraining orders taken out by paul against him. That's. A, so we'll save that for a separate episode but no we're, we're kidding so he said, Paul and Gene together, smiling and reminiscing. Yeah, they told the oh truth God. on Ace and I'm Peter. Sorry. I would also put up the time. Oh, <laughs> dude, he's super but he is. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I just
1: wanted to funny that you just, I've never heard you refer to him as that. Well, I don't know.
2: <laughs> uh, you know.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, Fucking Zeus is an easy target to get laughing tonight. Oh, man um Superman. So, all right so that was dave all right george harker so many awesome things in part one paul and Jean together was a definite highlight made me proud to be a kiss fan gerald not saul rosenberg well it was great to see paul and Jean together oh, oh here we go see here comes gerald rosenberg throwing rain on everyone's parade well it was great to see paul and Jean together i really felt it was just a facade I think they have a lot of ill will towards each other that will probably never go away. Their exchanges seemed forced and very insincere, in my opinion. Wow. He I'm a, thought I'm, that Paul and Gene seemed insincere on this? I am a negative fuck, and so is Zeus. But even we thought that wow. was, like, yeah, that's rough. That's dude. his takeaway. Wow. Yeah. Well, what did he? What did he go? You know, it's okay. Alessandro Rock, Paul and Gene are the band. They are the reason we can still talk about them. They're the heart and soul of Kiss. Their friendship exposed is special to witness. Agreed. Very good stuff there. And then we'll get into uh, a couple of episode-specific comments here because we always start with the poll. Um, our buddy Steve had a lot of things to say. He just loved. He, he loved the thing like we did too let's see fat man on guitar yeah fat man i got a chuckle out of your comment about no one playing kiss music at their wedding we had fractured mirror played at our ceremony and i played beth at a friend's wedding reception kind of feel like beth was a bit of a cliche for women with that name fractured mirror wow okay the song is awesome joel hoffman oh brace yourself Gene seemed more genuine and honest. I'm convinced Paul has zero self awareness and empathy for anyone else. Unfortunately, throughout the past few years, I've come to dislike him. I've always loved Gene, no matter what people say about him. I think he's a genuinely good dude. Okay, do do said a couple comments. Of course, he's a big fan. Then him and Steve got into a back and forth like they always do. Um, Todd a great treatment of a very well done chapter of history. I'm very happy you enjoyed it, seemingly as much as I. Curious on your thoughts. On the second part. Well, here they come. Lee Bruton, I haven't seen the show yet, but after this episode, I can't wait. Uh Joel Hoffman had a couple more things to say. Uh so he was he was a fan of the show. So, but he he liked it. Graham Richley absolutely nailed it. It is the interaction between Gene and Paul that helped make this so great. The little scenes like Gene offering two picks on his palm for Paul to choose one moved me and stayed with me. The brotherhood of two very different people. Casey Campbell. I've seen part one, but I have not yet finished part two. I'm disappointed that Ace and Peter were not part of it, but not surprising. There was a little more detail, nothing really new. Can't wait to hear this episode. I do have a question. Do you like Kiss? (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden zone. Okay. I think that I wasn't as bothered by certain aspects of the show as a lot of others. Looking forward to seeing what you guys thought. My rock and roll heaven. Looking forward to listening to your thoughts on the bio. Kevin's on fire. Harlequin lover it shouldn't say lover because i didn't print the fucking word lover <laughs> that sounds like fucking pussy shit to me <laughs> hashtag jerky boys hello yes yeah how you doing i'm fine what's up there
1: i was calling about the ad for our game show lovers
3: yeah game show lovers what's a game show lover what are you talking about game show lover
1: this is nothing application for all tv game shows
3: yeah well that doesn't mean lover right it doesn't say lover Oh,
1: well, that's what it says in the end. No, it shouldn't say lover because I didn't print the word fucking lover. That sounds like pussy shit to me. What are you
3: looking
0: for? Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I didn't
3: mean to upset you. Oh, gee, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. <laughs> yeah. You know what that is if you're a Jerky Boys fan. And then JD said he loved it. So that's some Twitter stuff. A lot of people love this. And how could you not? What do you got, Zeus? Uh,
1: on our Facebook page. Jepson. Mr. Kevin Jepson. Uh-oh. Great review, guys. I can't agree more with everything you guys had to say. I absolutely loved it. But I was really impressed with some video I've never seen, let alone didn't even know existed. That quick clip, eight millimeter footage of the famous
3: KSHE. K- 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 yep. Am I pronouncing it correctly? I think it's like a radio show okay. thing, but just pronounce it however. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The famous KSHE. Festival in 74, which at the time was their largest audience, 40,000 to 100 on March 31st, 1974. And Peter in black and white singing with no makeup. Can't wait for part two review. Oh, and Zeus, I will give you a toenail clipping from Paul's carpet.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Matt Wallace. Uh oh. On a serious note, I impressed with how both Paul and Gene came across. They were both well spoken. It wasn't just a bunch of ridiculous innuendos and fluffed up talk. I might even go as far as to say they seemed genuine at times. Dude, yes, that is Matt Wallace. Tom wow. Said that. Okay. So let's go over to our loudcasters page, and then Matt Wallace says this. <laughs> no shocker here. Kind of what I expected, but I still enjoyed it. Same way Mrs. Fonda likes getting the shocker done on her Milky Way and chocolate Cheerio tunnels. <laughs> then he's got a photo of a finger.
3: The shocker. The bottom
1: one is fucking brown, and the top two are, like, purple-pink.
3: Yeah, that's the two in the pink, one in the stink.
1: Uh, <laughs> Scott Donaldson says, awesome. Raymond Gallus says, can't wait to listen. Mark Stewart. One of my favorite things about the interview, looking back in retrospect, was the fact that Gene and Paul's answers were premeditated. i.e., Gene, Gene hinting during Ace's answers. He mumbles Tomacast 398 specials. Uh, however, Ace and Peter answered everything spontaneously. Never preplanned. By the way, Ace admits to being extremely drunk and Peter was high. Mm. Uh, Max Lynch, to answer the question, what if Lick It Up was Kiss's debut album? Think about the timeline 8083 and what the rock scene was like. Kiss, at best, would be considered C-League. It's not like MTV could catapult them into a higher stratosphere, even with their earlier reputation, which wouldn't have existed. The one positive note, music from The Elder would never have seen the light of day. Oh, come on, man Yeah Uh, Scott Wheeler Hoping this is safe to listen to On a road trip back from Missouri with the family I refrain from listening On the way here I keep thinking you guys discussing Buttery meat flaps (laughs) With the entire family (laughs) in the car
3: Oh, I love how people are afraid To listen to this show with their family It's a smart move, you probably shouldn't
1: Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment (laughs) Charles Eaton No relation to Mark Eaton, former giant center from the Utah Jazz. Didn't he just
3: recently pass away too, Mr. Eaton? I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think he would have
3: like eight blocks a game and two points. He's not what you would have called a handsome man. No, he was (laughs) not.
1: Um, Great Doc. So much great new visuals therein. Therein? Wow.
3: the fuck? That's too sophisticated type of language
1: there. I think he's... uh, Drafting a fucking quit claim deed With that language <laughs> I too found myself wondering why there was No mention of the bandit makeup mm. The mid to late 70s albums were skipped outright Seemingly as a product of time Constraints they had to get their Jabs in at Peter and Ace After all <laughs> You guys covered it all well I'm ready to hear the review for part two Well here you go Yeah there you go All right, Over on YouTube! <laughs> YouTube
3: Which is getting uh, a lot of action lately, so thank you guys for picking up the YouTube.
1: Absolutely. The comments are flying. Yep. Pete Starros. This is definitely the best KISS doc I've seen, including Extreme Close Up and Confidential. KISS is such a legendary band you could almost consider them a culture. Excellent and informative, revealing and introspective. This is hands down an awesome retrospective. Yes, and you are banned from using big words on a on a, in a kiss discussion.
3: You can't do that.
1: Yeah, dumb it down. Exactly. Uh, Matt Weller's dick. I love the Mark St. John section of the show. Now I don't know if he's being sarcastic.
3: Of course, he's being sarcastic.
1: There was yep. a little clip of Mark, which I hadn't seen before, where Paul yeah, God, introduces him or God something.
3: Him. We'll get to that.
1: And then there was the fucking sausage finger photo. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll get to that. Cornelius Young, very much enjoy your show, mind you, all in uh, caps. It's okay. Two blokes talking about my favorite band. Excellent review. I personally enjoyed the document, Warts and all. Enjoyed the soundboard album for the most part, except for the constant Tokyo shit. <laughs> and anywho, keep up the great chat. I thought I've had is who won the kiss prowler back in 1998.
3: Where is it now? Okay. So he's talking about, so way back, I think it was Chrysler released this ridiculous car called a prowler. It was like a roadster limited edition. It wasn't out long, and they and kissed it. I think like a promo or a giveaway where it had like painted with the kiss stuff. I, I have no idea where it went, but I got to give you credit because that is the most random question about kiss stuff. <laughs> or like, maybe I'll use the word minutia, Deuce. How's that? Kiss minutia. So I don't know where it is, but kudos to you for even bringing up the prowler. All right,
1: Mr. Antonio, two thousand five. Benny Blanco from the Bronx, get <laughs> <gives> the <a> documentary <laughs> and your review to Calito Brigante <laughs> thumbs up, dude! I can't believe he dropped. It's a good it's oh, Benny uh, Blanco from the Bronx. Benny Blanco, Bronco Blanco, Brigante, and Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Uh, anyway, as a geeky Kiss fan, I found myself over the past several days. Trying to locate some of the rare news clips That I've never seen In particular The Louisville segment with the Destroy album The little kid with the Kiss Dynasty album If yeah. anyone has a link Please share DJ Viola The producer of the show gets huge praise For telling the story from all angles P.S. Chico Resch Wants to know Why wasn't Vinny Poncia in the movie Glenn Chico Resch Man, He was hiding behind Mike Leute and also From <laughs>
3: Craig Ramsey The big <laughs> Lee- Angie forward <laughs> Mike Leute was a Bruins killer when the Whalers Used to play them Oh, yeah. that team was stacked In the early and 80s Greg
1: Millen Too
3: yeah oh yeah yep that's right Yep and then, until Ken Reggett came around These <laughs> <laughs> your 80s Adams division Hockey talk
1: yes uh, Devin Dungan Great episode, really enjoyed the documentary Anthony Stratus Thank you so much Tom and Zeus For such a great episode Informative yet entertaining Keep rocking guys Thank you Anthony All right, Mark Stewart I haven't seen the A&E history Because I don't have a and I'm waiting on some fan to post it on YouTube <laughs> However In reference to the Tom Snyder interview Do you guys remember the interview With Kiss in Austria where they were introducing Erika and they constantly laughing. The clip looks like bloopers. Especially when Ace saying, look, it's rock and roll. Paul and Gene Ace were laughing their ass off. Paul also sounded like he had a few to drink. Anyway, bottom line. Do you think that the interview was a result of Ace's triumphant interview from Tom Snyder?
3: No, I think it was a result of Ace just being fucking hammered. I know what he's talking about when, when they're like, hey, look, it's rock and roll. Yeah, I remember. I know that. But no, the, the Tom Snyder thing is just iconic. I can't wait to do an episode on that. Ooh. Yeah. Marty
1: White jumps in on that and says, I don't have cable. And my girlfriend and I watched it with an A&E app through Prime. I thought we'd have to log in with a cable account where they would only get a few minutes of the show. We, both, we got both nights without having to pay or sign up for anything. Lots nice. of commercials. Though, which would often start in the middle of sentences.
3: Yep. Yeah, the commercial sucked.
1: And then we got like eight or something comments from Johnny Be Good.
3: Oh, this this is great! I can't wait for you to read these.
1: At one point, he 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 must have deleted the other one, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't see it here. And oh, the,
3: oh, see, we're gonna have to start screenshotting these because people can delete shit like that. I don't like that.
1: Yeah, he must have deleted it.
3: I, I don't I don't know why, but it, it I don't he, see did, it did, here anymore. Did, did he delete the beat the big one where he accused me and you of being Paul Stanley pole smokers? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a bunch of fucking yeah. just come out and say it. And then he would write, You guys shit on Ace and Peter, you shit on my house. I
3: hate this stupid bike. <laughs> you love Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer. We're not shitting. Have you listened to our show? We shit on everybody. <laughs>
1: I love these guys, but they shit all over Ace and Peter. Dude, I do not shit on Peter. Oh, Frank. my God. You are, you're, you're, you're mistaking us for another podcast.
3: Do you like kiss?
1: He <laughs> uh, said the most successful career outside of Kiss. You never talk about this. What? Oh, my God. Dude, that's because Paul and Gene are still in Kiss. I was just going to say that. Of course, he has a successful career
3: outside of Kiss. He got kicked out. <laughs> No offense, he didn't have much competition, dude. Let's let's be serious. Go back and listen to fucking Anomaly. That ain't success. That album <laughs> blows.
1: <laughs> and I'm sorry, he didn't release anything better than All Systems Go.
3: Uh, no, no, he did not. No, Trouble uh, Walking's <laughs> great, but no. You shit on Ace Freely. Why? <laughs> it's like a Jerky Boys call.
1: Why? They're all gonna laugh at me.
3: Oh um, my God.
1: And then. <sighs> Marty White Oh, Some folks have speculated for years That Neil Bogart borrowed money from the mob Others have denied this entirely Gene confirmed it in part one And when he said Neil borrowed money from bad people With last names that end in vowels What he didn't say was that Paul Received a threatening phone call From one of the mob's footmen Paul played me a recording of the conversation when I was a mix engineer For his 1978 solo album The recording went like this Phone rings, Paul answering Starchild Hey, what's up there, fruitcake? Paul, Craig Gas. Frank, what in the fuck? It's Frank, Frank Rizzo Paul, who? Frank, don't give me that who I'll come down there and whack your head in, with a fucking ratchet <laughs> Paul, is this Peter? Frank, what? Now look here, you owe my boss some fucking money Paul, my boss owes me some money too Frank, sounds like my old boss in Middletown I had some trouble <laughs> up there in Middletown <laughs> Paul, what kind of troubles? Frank, hey, that's my business <laughs> Paul, if my boss owes you money, it doesn't mean I owe you money Frank, see now we're getting off to a bad start <laughs> My boss is giving you until Monday Or I'm coming down to straighten shit out Paul, <laughs> swallowed hard Frank, yeah, that's right You find their money by noon, I'll beat you Silly Silly <laughs> And that was the end of the conversation. On Monday, Paul invited Neil shortly uh, before noon from for some gelato. Oh, yeah. Let's just say that Frank had the time of his life when he showed up. When he left, he said the the two barely conscious bodies. I'll say a prayer for you. Best of luck in the future.
3: Oh God. Gotta love it. Yeah, that's great.
1: And that's what I got from
3: uh over here. Tom, what do you got? All right, I'm, I got a couple quick DMs here, and then a few emails. So, a first DM we got from our buddy Stevie Flyth. Uh, he's got a he's got a podcast himself, and he's also on Twitter. He does some great polls and stuff. He said, "You guys have ruined all other Kiss podcasts for me. I tried to listen to another one this weekend, and then I won't finish the rest of his comment because I want to be kind. But thank you, Stevie, for saying that." Then I got one from Mark Frazier. Hey, Tom, I just started to listen to your podcast a few weeks ago. Friggin hilarious. My son, who was 33, turned me on to you guys. I've been a fan since early 75 when I walked through the store and saw Dress to Kill at a Sears and Roebuck store. Not knowing how they sounded, I was blown away by the album cover. I was 15 years old and hooked and still listening today at the age of 63. All right. Wow. I saw them in 2019 at Philly on the Verizon Center for their last tour. Maybe it's been an awesome ride for me, seeing them approximately 20 times in my lifetime, listening to you guys. I really wish you had got to see them in the mid seventies. Keep up the good work as I'll be tuning in every week for the fun. Take care, Mark. That's fantastic. I love it. Thank you for listening, checking us out. And thank you even more for reaching out and letting us know that. Cause that means a lot. So very cool. Um, and then we'll blow through a couple of quick emails here. Our buddy, James Thompson, Gentlemen, this is the first time I've written where I didn't have something to bitch about. I thoroughly enjoyed both parts of the A&E documentary. While it didn't cover a whole lot of material we hadn't already seen, I do think it covered better than we've seen before. A couple things I want to respond to. I'm not sure about the licensing situation. I know Peter wouldn't allow them to use Beth, and since they spent about eight minutes talking about Beth, it was weird to see that with some generic Manilow elevator music embedded over the top. I never purchased either of the albums with Thayer, But I do remember that Sonic Boom came with re-recorded hits. In the documentary, I heard Love Gun, but it sounded like a version I've never heard before. I assume it was from Sonic Boom, and there may be different licensing agreements with the re-recordings, which is why I suspect they recorded that disc in the first place. Yes, that's a good point. Um, I'll expound more on this with Part 2. When I'm not even going to read that because we're going to talk about Part 2. But anyways, thank you. Um, Peter's solo albums have sold only a few more copies than my solo albums, and I've never even released a solo album frilly's comment hit the music scene like saigon kick people paid attention for a few weeks and only the select diehards continue to follow it's always been bug. Uh, it always used to bug me that gene and paul bagged on the other guys this documentary did well in painting their point of view the we wouldn't have existed then with them and we wouldn't exist now with them line makes a bit more sense after watching the show great analysis looking forward to part two awesome thank you james uh and then we got one from our buddy gary Cap. Great episode on part one of the biography. I had a rant planned, but Zeus, you beat me to it. And this is another issue that we just talked about with James's email. This is a Kiss biography, so why isn't the music being played in the background instead of some garage band shit? Documentary could appeal even more to novices if there was music played in the background. As the documentary flowed, there should have been music from that time period, just like they did in Beyond the Lighted Stage, which was the Rush documentary. That was a big annoyance for me. Otherwise, the documentary was great. Yeah. I heard some other people talking about that, that even though KISS was in it, music licensing is a whole other ball of wax. So I think that might have been an issue with A&E, because a lot of people have talked about that. Uh, Brian Wensley. Excuse me for butchering your name. I know people have been butchering my name my whole life. So sorry about that, Brian. Guys, wanted to say that I really enjoyed your last episode reviewing the first part of kiss I enjoyed how you commented on Paul's bare feet during parts of the episode. Very funny. Maybe a new nickname could be pedicure, Paul. Ooh, very nice. I like that, Brian. Wondering if you guys would ever consider an episode reviewing the many KISS demos that are floating out there. There are several from the 80s I've listened to on YouTube. Then he says, cue the Jerky Boys clip. You do. They're almost as good as the album tracks from that time. Thanks again for a great episode, guys. Brian from Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you, Brian. That's great. Mike H. Here he is. One email instead of four. And it's long. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Here we go. Kiss has always been more than just a band since day one. In the beginning, it was just because of how they looked, and then over time, all the other things that KISS incorporated into their existence continue to separate them from other acts. Kiss fans and the band are different. This is obvious. How many Rolling Stone podcasts are there? How many Zeppelin conventions are there? How many people have the Pink Floyd logo or Roger Waters tattoos? We as Kit we as fans were bitten at some point, and Kiss venom was injected into our veins. There is no such thing as a casual Kiss fan, or they shouldn't be, in my opinion. Anyone who says Kiss is okay, I have Beth and New York Groove on my shuffle list are inconsequential. There is no middle ground. It's all or nothing. Kiss is a real-time soap opera that we follow, good or bad. We may not like one thing or another, but we dissect it, discuss it, break it down to the smallest minutia. There you go. Then do it all over again. This does not happen with other bands. I've come to appreciate Star Wars fans, Lord of the Rings fans, Dungeons & Dragons fans. Because they were bitten by the venom of those things, and they love it. All of it. We as KISS fans can relate. If you were to put 10 KISS fans who have never met into a room, the result would be countless hours of discussion, debate, and conversation. You put 10 Leonard skinner fans into the same room, and it wouldn't amount to anything. Every word about KISS uttered by anyone even remotely associated with KISS is guaranteed to evoke discussion. You just don't see that with any other band. I can clearly recall being the local spokesperson for KISS, as I'm sure many other fans can relate as well. How many times were you asked if Gene's tongue was part cow? How many times have you asked what the letters K-I-S-S stood for? I can also clearly recall being the only KISS fan in my school or town, depending on the point in time KISS were existing. But guess what? I was still a fan. We were still fans. We have had no choice. This doesn't happen with other bands' fans. This band has been around so long that there are people who became fans 10, 15, 20 years ago after their inception. It really is unbelievable, and I'm proud to be a big part of it. In the great big pie chart of my life, there is a wedge dedicated to all things KISS. It may be bigger or smaller than someone else's, but it's undeniably there. I used to pull coins from my pocket and look at the year they were minted and list what albums or other things were released in that respective year. Who does that? Do Doors fans do that? No. We can say certain seemingly random words, phrases, or names to one another like share or Side 4 or Magic Mountain or Brazil or Orange Sneaker and know exactly what it means in the KISS universe. We can wonder if Gene fucked Liza Minnelli or if Peter's first words to Paul really were that he had a nine-inch dick. This is unique to Kiss and their fans. They're more than just a musical act. Always has been, always will be. To paraphrase Paul Stanley, there's no room for fans on the fence. It's all for one and one for all. Some people just don't get it, which is fine. Not everyone will or even has to. Sometimes I don't think Paul and Gene understand or comprehend how big their band actually is to us, the fans. Now back to your regularly regularly scheduled programming keep me coming mike h ooh damn that was fucking fantastic ooh good for you mike that was great and we're going to end our feedback with an email from a good friend of the show this is from our good buddy jack panocchio
2: wait hey.
0: Chandaluna menzumara, mamma mamma ridare. mamma mia, and that
3: children sit in the
2: yellow
3: Just a massive thank you for a hard time. Good day, boys. Hope you are well and are keeping safe. As you can tell over the last few weeks, I've been a tad quiet on the comments and reviews. Two weeks ago, my father sadly had a heart attack. Thank God he had his surgery in his home and doing better. Listening to your last few podcasts in the past weeks really has helped me and my mind escape for a while, even making me laugh and keeping my mind at ease. I can't thank you both enough for this, and I can't wait to get back on commenting on hearing my music. Kiss rock and roll. Jack, thank you so much for writing to us, and God bless and Godspeed to your family and to your dad, and I'm glad that he is home and doing better. Uh, And I'm glad that you're doing better with that situation. And uh, we can't thank you enough for writing to us. And, uh, you know, again, Godspeed, God bless. And we want to give you the comment of the week. And again, God bless to you and your family, Jack.
2: Good answer. Good answer. like the way you think.
1: I'm going to be watching you. Jack, your dad's in our thoughts and prayers We wish wish him the best And thank you for being uh, one of our favorites here And uh, allowing me to put in your theme music one more
2: time Absolutely
1: Tom, let's jump on over to
3: Kiss World Okay, so... One thing that we saw and we just saw this this week. I I don't know if this is if people have known this for a while, but we haven't talked about it is it it looks like it's been confirmed on David Lee Roth's website that he is going to open for kiss on select shows, including the one we're going to in Mansfield. I didn't know that I haven't heard anybody talk about that. I don't know if it was just assumed that it was going to continue, but I didn't assume anything, especially with COVID. So we are going to see DLR again. Um, which, you know, whatever, it's cool. It was a fun time when we saw him in Manchester. So whatever, it's better than the painter, I guess. Right. Absolutely. I'll take him any
1: day. You kidding me? And, uh, he's got a big smile on his face. It's, and it's, uh,
3: contagious. I think, you you know, it's a great way to start off the show. And another little bit of news and it's, it's news. And it's also topical is Paul Stanley backtracking on his comment about Bob Ezrin in the history documentary with the word addict. We watched the documentary. Bob admitted being, you know, using it again. I understand the word addict has a powerful connotation, but I don't know. Uh, Paul backtracking, putting up a picture of Bob and apologizing, saying that words have meaning and blah, blah, blah. I understand that the technical term and the definition of an addict is different than somebody who uses because an addiction is a chemical thing as opposed to, I get all that, but I look at that and this is just my own personal opinion that somebody got to Paul and said, you got to be careful with the words you're using. Bob Ezrin was a user. He was not an addict. That's my impression. I haven't heard anything else anywhere. I don't know if you've had Zeus. Um, we commented on it and we put it up there and yeah. everybody's comment
1: yep. back. Yep. Commented on it back. Uh yep. I just think that Paul was virtual singling, signaling. Me, oh, me, oh, absolutely. He no was doubt. trying to be like, I'm so sympathetic. I'm yeah. woke. I'm this and this and that. Meanwhile, yeah, let me let me shit on Peter and Ace for being yeah. fuck up some more. Oh, I okay. we'll talk about how he refers to them in the uh biography. However, in print and email and every uh, email, in writing, in print and videos and interviews and everything else, he's been shitting on those two. Calling him every name in the book. Yeah. And he doesn't feel bad about words have, you know, meanings and words can hurt. Agreed. Dude, you wrote Backstage Pass, one of the worst books, something that I still to this day regret taking time out of my life to read. Horrible. The only aspect of Kiss that you decided really to put in the book was a section where you just shit on Peter Chris out of nowhere
3: <laughs> out of when nowhere when you're
1: trying to give people like all this self-help and forgive and move on and don't let anger and get thing get you down and all this shit out of nowhere you had to call Peter miserable saying he has no life he doesn't live in a reality other than what his wife tells him what the fuck was that those don't hurt why do not you take that back
3: but- well because in his- because in Paul's world those are those are just insults. Zeus addict is a word that has a powerful connotation for those suffering from addictions. And I'm not trying to be sarcastic and minimize it, but that's what Paul's and I'm not defending Paul, but like you said, he is it's virtue signaling. It's being, it's being a woke, you know, feelings type of thing. Look, you, you called it out. You called him a functioning addict. Fucking own it. Stop with the revisionist bullshit.
1: He says he's a, he was a fucking mess. Yeah. come on. Just, let's be, let's, dude he didn't even act like he was upset about it so why are you upset about it? you can't be more upset than the
3: supposed victim of it correct that's the problem with it yeah, but that's like, virtue yeah. signaling you, you you, that's yeah you can't be more upset than the person you're apologizing for because bob ezra didn't come out and say anything but anyways so regardless
1: Uh, And the only other thing I would say is there's an interview I saw recently, Tom, where Paul was talking and he talked about the first Three albums that he didn't like them Because the way they sounded And he's (sighs) like, we don't sound like that Everybody's going back in time And it's like this Imaginary Like fucking Fellatio that everybody wants to perform On Kiss Alive Like the songs Before that weren't great and only on a live did they come. We don't sound like that live. Yeah, I know. You still didn't sound like that live because you made that in the fucking studio. Yep. But regardless, like, why do you always have to shit on things? So he's going back now and shit. I didn't like those songs. I didn't like the production. I didn't think we sounded like, like, whatever, whatever. We're going to get
3: a lot of that shit. In. He honestly likes nothing. Like, it's <laughs> to the point now. No, it's, it's to the point where, like, can you, what do you like about I what he you likes? He likes uh, I Was Made
1: For Loving You. He likes Kiss Alive. He likes Destroyer. He likes that he wrote Love Gun. Yeah, it's just... Oh, and then he likes everything... Eraser in the last two albums. And he likes um, Psycho Circus, the song. Well, he
3: doesn't like them that much. And we'll save that for later on in this episode. But go (laughs) ahead. But, yeah.
1: And he likes Gelato, Bike Shorts, and... uh, virtual signaling to all his new hollywood friends so
3: exactly exactly yeah
1: but but then again uh we kiss paul's ass and we're no 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 uh, no, 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 no 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 we're paul
3: we? stanley pole smokers
2: <laughs> what about ace
1: what
0: about
3: A's? i'm waiting for that i'm waiting for that that freaking twitter account <laughs> paul Stan paul stanley's pole. oh as opposed to the new
1: one, Paul Stanley's ear, who likes to comment on all shit all the time.
3: Did so, Didn't somebody come out with one? Paul Stanley's feet. Yeah. Like, probably. <laughs> you know who need. You know who needs a Twitter page is Eric Singer's hat. Needs a Twitter page. <laughs> we'll get into that.
1: We'll get. Go, there. go ahead. All right. So before we get to the episode. Uh, Tom, I always we always want to give a, a shout out to our Patreon subscribers And Patreon is an app that you can use That uh, allows people to help and contribute to the show And we have different uh, uh, tiers if people want to contribute Obviously they're named after the characters in the band So you got the demon, you got the star child You got the uh, spaceman and the cat man um, and we have, uh, a bunch of people that have joined the family on Patreon and we have, uh, you know, some stuff unique to people that subscribe and our members. And with that, they get a few perks as well. And, uh, take a look and see if you like some of those things. And if you're interested, come on board. Now I do want to give a shout out to one of our newer guys, and that is Mark Peralta. Mark just joined up with us, and we always want to give a shout-out to those new members. We appreciate you joining in, and we thank you, and uh, you know, you're know, you going to have some fun with it. And uh, we like to see if uh, anybody else uh, is interested to get a hold of us. You can find us on the app. You can find us in the episode notes when it has all the links. And you can also just go to patreon.com. You look at creators, and you'll look up Shout It Out Loudcast. And you would find us there. You have any questions on it? You know, you can always reach out to us, but we greatly appreciate it. And, uh, Mark, uh,
3: welcome to the club. Absolutely. Big, big shout out to Mark Peralta. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon family. We can't thank you enough. That's amazing. And then uh, as we always do a big shout out and a thank you to everybody else. That's part of the Patreon family. We can't thank you guys enough. We appreciate it more than, you know, uh, it's great that the family is growing. And, uh, as Zeus said, check us out on patreon.com or the app. Search for us, take a look around, see if you're interested and join the family if that's something that you think you want to do. And one thing on a personal note, before we jump into the episode, I just want to give a individual personal shout out to one of our longest listeners and big fans of the show. And that is Sean DeHaan, our buddy from Canada. Big fan of the show. He's always interacting with us, friend of the show. And I just want to give him a personal shout out and a thank you. Uh, He knows I'm a big vinyl geek. He reached out to me individually. Uh, We had some conversations back and forth about some vinyl that he collects, some things that he was kind of selling and auctioning. And uh, he gave me first dibs on a couple of things because he knows I'm a big fan. And he had some things in his collection he knew I was interested in. And uh, I took him up on some of his offers. And I just want to give him a special shout out because I truly appreciate that, Sean, for uh, thinking of us, thinking of me and reaching out to me. So thank you for that, Sean. And uh, always good to hear from you, buddy. Nice, nice And if anybody has
1: some Faith Hill Naked <laughs> photos circa 1990s <laughs> uh, That might be something I would be interested in uh, Please uh, let us know
3: Alright, let's go baby
1: So, Tom, tonight we're going to talk about part 2 And uh, we're going to just go through like a little bit of a play-by-play Jump in with comments, feedbacks, And again, people We do not talk about what we saw what we're going to talk about this and that This is us we're organic I have no idea what he's going to say He has no idea what I'm going to say Mm -hmm. And I like it that way and I know Tom likes it that way Yep And so we're just going to zip through this And uh, hopefully you guys will find the discussion Stimulating
3: That's what we do We like to stimulate people Her (laughs) You the (laughs) listeners
1: Yep Anyways, we're looking at part 2 now. We're already hyped up because of part 1. They were ending in about 78 and things were starting to go bad. And what do we start off with? We start off with Paul going into his yard and Paul pulls all his iconic piece PS10 Ibanez guitar, you know, the mirror one that we all know, and he talks about how he got the thought of that guitar from the goofball
3: that is the lead singer from Slade. Dude, Have that you guy ever is- seen
1: that fucking guy's face?
3: That naughty holder, that video of him, I can't stop watching it because he looks like a tall Oompa Loompa with a <laughs> g- guitar. And the way he kind of moves, he's almost doing like a love him, leave him kind of thing. It's hilarious. I love it. Are you talking about the footage that they show with the shiny hat? Yes, I love it. It's hilarious. I thought you were
1: talking about the fucking video for that awful song that sticks in your head. Run run uh, that video oh, for run runaway. The video for run runaway. And then at one point the song does a close up of his face. Oh yeah. And I don't know who he looks like. He looks like fucking I don't know some combination of Kerry von Eric and jimmy duran
3: jimmy (laughs) Duranty. and that and that caught that little footage that they played like dude that doesn't even look like a stage that looks like in the price is right when they do the showcase showdown and they pull the curtain back like the four of them are on top of each other he's got that like of all the i understand slade was a very theatrical glam band very famous but whatever yeah, I thought just, I thought I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, that guy is fucking hilarious. Was,
1: looking. Watch the run run away video. That fucking close up of his face. is so horrendous. Anyways, go ahead. So Paul talks about that's where he got the image for the guitar and his hands bleed. And you can see the blood. And then Paul refers to himself as you can you can clone a new star child. Settle down Not a Paul Stanley, a star child Relax. And then Paul plays a bit on it And then we fast forward Or backtrack To uh, the shows on the 79 tour uh, And in in the background You can hear Gallup poll numbers uh, The the last three years The most popular band in a row Uh, Gene says Trouble in
2: paradise
1: (laughs) Alcohol and drugs And ego And then they show Ace and Gene and Peter But they didn't show Paul in that little clip When they talked about the bad things Right? Because Paul was perfect then He he wasn't responsible for anything going wrong with the band Um, It was clear we couldn't depend on Ace And Peter And then here comes the flat tire analogy Oh god And by 1979 The differences came up Peter wasn't the same Peter And then Paul says Peter made it hard to love him And I'm thinking out loud that's the nicest way of Paul shitting on Peter I've ever heard him say. Somebody told him, tone it down.
3: He's pulling his punches. I agree. Yeah, I thought that was a very nice way to say. And I think that the the, the phrasing is is it's pretty good phrasing because it's like Peter made it hard for people to love him, meaning almost meaning like we wanted to love him, but we yeah. couldn't.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Not like, yeah, he's a fuck, he was being an asshole Because that's, how
3: you, that's how you basically Would describe him Exactly, man. but by choosing those words He made it sound like we wanted to love Peter We just couldn't, because yeah. he wouldn't let us
1: Yeah, and then they were talking about That he became belligerent at times His use of drugs was pretty out of hand He <laughs> was becoming Self-destructive And his drumming had gone way down So much that he wasn't on, Unmasked Oh, well, He's probably happy that he wasn't on Unmask no Hey, but hey, hey I hey, do it, I
2: do
1: it Peter says he wasn't on Unmask on He didn't want to be around the band And that he was burnt out from being on the road for so long With so many albums coming out And if you do think about it Shit, we started out in 74 We're in 1980 We're like fucking, I don't know how many albums out
3: yeah, I know between Eight between, between 12, the- 12, if you count the fucking the albums, the live albums, the new recordings, the solo albums, double all, platinums, yep. all
1: that shit. Oh, you, yep. you add that stuff up, you're probably like, all right, so you go, what, the first six? You got the two live albums, there's eight, you got double platinum, there's nine. The solo, got, Dynasty. Solo, and you got Dynasty, and yep. you got Unmasked. Yep. Holy fuck. It's a lot. Yep. yep. So, you know, Paul, and then Paul comes up with the story of telling him to pick up the tempo. And then that's when Peter picked it up real fast And then he slowed it down And then Paul makes it so dramatic That, you know, again, it's always Peter Purposely trying to fuck with things Never like, you know, he had a drug problem And he was fucking acting like an asshole Like Ace is okay because he's lovable when he falls down And fucking can't hit a no and he pukes all over the fucking fans That shit's lovable But Peter's always got a vindictiveness to him and That's so when he's he's and then paul calls it that he's basically a betrayal in my jaw drop the philosophy of one for all is only good if everyone is all for one paul calls it sabotaging a show and betrayal to our fans
3: i totally agree with paul because the one thing about ace ace was kind of a drunk and kind of a flighty guy you know he'd miss flights or show up late and and i'm not excusing that behavior i'm not but ace i have to phrase this because because ace did do things that sabotage the band but to me there wasn't a malicious vindictive angry me like motivation behind it with the stuff that peter did was fucking ridiculous and it was dick move for lack of a better word that's 79 but that story about louisiana when Paul, when Paul's told him to pick up the pace and Peter's like, okay, you want me to pick up the pace? Fine. Brrr. Oh, you need me to slow down. Okay. Do, 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 do. Like that's like shit. A child does that's childish asshole. Immature. I'm going to be a dick and treat my lead singer like a bitch because he's calling me out. I'm sorry. I know it's only Paul telling the story. Why would he lie about that? He doesn't have anything to gain from it. disagree with it. right? You don't think that Peter had his own
1: fucking demons and drugs and shit? Of course he he did. And you don't think he he took it the wrong way? What's the difference in that or not showing up or not coming to fucking rehearsal or missing fucking meetings or not playing on albums because you're fucking playing cards? Or or you can't all that other shit. That stuff is okay because it's No, it's not. It's absolutely not. I don't see. I look at it as like, yeah, Peter had his own fucking problems. Would Peter have pulled that shit day one, day, you know, in 74, 75? No. But no, he's no, pulling no, no, it no. in 79 because he's got a major drug problem. He's got a major fucking, everybody's disillusioned. We all knew. we. They talk about it. Even Peter talks about it. He was out of control. So this wasn't him sober, like in the middle of a something else. I just think he was I, just being fucking. He
3: behaved that way because he was fucking cracked out. Yeah, but I also think he's an asshole, and we're gonna find out that later in the later in this episode that when when Peter is angry or fucked up, he becomes a fucking unbearable asshole. Period. I love him, yeah, but it is what it I, is.
1: I, I I think they over he overdoes it with oh he betrayed the fan like dude they all be fucking trade the fan.
3: Oh, I agree. Ace did too. Ace not showing up or,
1: or being or, too drunk or, to play or or, or, or how about. We'll release this to the fans for $199, or you can buy this book, or you can do a meet and greet for this much money. That's not fucking betraying the fans? Shit like that? I mean, whatever. I think they just overdo it because they still want to get their image in. Like, it's okay. You guys really shouldn't be on Team Ace or Team Peter. You got to be on our team.
3: Oh, I agree with that. That's what they're doing. And I can tell you right now, I'll I'll say this comment now. If people think that fucking Peter is going to come back to with this band after these two fucking documentaries, hell no. The hatred and visceral reaction that Paul has when he talks about Peter, whoa, not good. Go ahead.
1: As much as we say that, I still think he pulled his punches in this fucking thing. I do, too. I agree with you. (laughs) I think he pulls his punch. I'm just saying, he loves to point this out. He likes to focus on their issues and repeat the narrative like some other fucking shitbag that I know. Likes to repeat things, even when they're not true, so that people believe it. No, I know. Then they get back to the part about basically kicking out Peter. Gene says, even Ace, we all took a vote. And then the ace voiceover comes and goes, It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Ace was all in For Peter leaving. That sounds <laughs> like he was saying, These fuckers are gonna do it whether I like it or not. So we're like Bingo. Like, what even Ace want to do.
3: Ace, Ace, didn't you didn't you say that? Yeah, hey, whatever. It- Hey, Ace, yeah, our drummer sucks, right? Don't you want out of the band? Okay. Yeah. See, Ace agrees with us. Yeah. We, we, All three of us kicked us or kicked him yeah, out.
1: Exactly, right? It's such fucking setup. And then they found the clip of Ace saying, I love it. And, it, and even that's not even positive. He's like, right. whatever. Yep. You know? Yep. Then they get to the uh, news clip of the lady showing Peter without the makeup, and then the tomorrow show with ex Kiss drummer Peter Chris. I was like, where the fuck is that? I got to
3: see that. And I loved it. It was Tom Snyder again. Yep. <laughs> that yep. was great.
1: The tomorrow show. And then he talked yeah. about like, oh, last year you uh, were, well, so we're not, well, we're not all sober now. <laughs> I know. What are you saying? You're shit faced on here again. I mean, even so, even back then they were joking about their performance on there. Yep. And then Paul does the same analogy we've heard on his many, many other interviews in the past where he talks about someone drowning. And I'll help them. But if they start drowning me, I'm going to cut them loose. And then we had the Shandy video. And I want to throw up. Yeah. Love that shit. Um, Gene. Can't save him if he can't save himself. But Gene looks sad when he says it, in my opinion. He looks like, you know, he's not happy about how things turned out.
3: Well, you're making a, you're making a big point here that you'll see throughout the second half of the episode. Because one th- one general statement about this episode is that it is a lot different than the first one because you're trying to cram forty years of history into this episode, where the first one you only crammed in about six or seven of the band. Yeah. So, but I think I think what you're seeing in this episode in this episode as opposed to the first one, you're really seeing. We know this because we're diehards. You're really seeing the differences in the emotion of Paul and Gene. Paul, we say this all the time. Paul is like flatline. He's got well, he's got a barrier up. Yeah. Gene wears his heart on his sleeve. He gets very emotional when he talks about this. He acknowledges that Peter was a problem, but he's not happy. Paul seems to relish talking about the problems that Peter yeah, had. Yeah,
0: you To know make what I mean?
3: himself look better. Bingo. Gene talks about it because it's true, but he doesn't. He's not happy to talk about it. That's how I looked at it. Then they get to the Eric Carr press conference. Yep. Um.
1: Paul says they found Eric, who was a stove repairman. I, I, you know, stupid. I, I just feel like it's minimizing him when you say he was there. Just totally say he's agree. a young up and coming who's who's paying his dues, like we paid our dues. You were riding a
3: fucking cab. I, I mean, said the same thing when I heard that. I'm like, why did you? Come on, you, there's no need to. I mean, I get it. You're trying to make a joke, but come on.
1: Yeah, Gene says he played like thunder and he sang great, and we were in awe by him. That's awesome. I love uh, that. Paul says the new makeup and this new character, the audience didn't buy it. It was a misstep.
3: This was probably one, if not, if not the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways for me in this entire episode, the ultimate revisionist history that you think your band was tanking because the audience didn't buy the new characters. And not because you weren't making shit music. He does say though, right after doing yeah. the elder didn't help. Right. Right. But audiences did not now, again, me and you were, kid, we were little kids at that time. We weren't 12, 13, 18, 20 years old. But maybe I mean, they,
0: sure.
3: Maybe there were people that were like, Oh, Ankh warrior the fought. No, people were like, dude, unmasked sucks. The elder sucks. Like, I don't care who's in it, but for him to think, That's his way of kind of shielding himself from some of the musical missteps and trying to blaming it on on the on the characters. I couldn't believe he said that. I was like, that's insane.
1: So I remember the older kids that when they were into Kiss, we got into Kiss in my neighborhood and stuff. And then I remembered, like, all around 1980 after after Dynasty, I just remembered, like, people laughing like, Kiss, that's old, that sucks. No one listens to Kiss anymore and right. all these other new bands and people. And all of a sudden, ACDC was coming out. all of a sudden yep. Blizzard of Oz. You're looking at 1980, 81. Yep. That's exactly. And we've talked about these on the album review crew episodes of ours, how we mm-hmm. got into these bands. I remember Highway to Hell. I remember um, you know, Back in Black, Blizzard of Oz and yep. all these albums coming out. Yep. And that's what older kids were talking about
3: now. Yep, not Kiss No, and it wasn't because, oh yeah, I don't listen to Kiss anymore Because they have a fox It's like, I'm not listening to Kiss anymore because they have just a boy
0: Yeah, exactly
3: (laughs)
1: Well, anyways, then Bob Ezrin comes in. He says, yeah, maybe we can make this into film. Gene starts elaborating about it. I fucking love this shit. Because they don't allow them to really get into details about the Elder. Talk more about it, guys. I wish they would. Gene talks about the idea. Bob says, not a bad idea, but not necessarily a good idea for Kiss. It was a difficult project. The captain was on the bridge, wasn't on the bridge. And he says he was still doing a lot of coke. But this time, it did have an impact.
2: Yeah.
3: I was impressed, too, with how, how Gene, like, the details of, like, there's some sketches. Gene yeah. came up with the story and the plot of the Elder and everything. I, 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 I really like that. Bob
1: says that Ace didn't like it. Ace says, it's not a bad record, just not the right time for it. No,
3: there's uh, never a right time for it. <laughs> what? You love the Elder. I know that, but I'm saying Ace, that's what, that's what I picture Ace saying. Oh,
1: okay. Gene says, Paul and him thought it was something important. Paul was talking about that they drank the Kool-Aid And they thought it was some (laughs) Incredible masterpiece Bob says Ace was amazing on the Record he is even though he didn't Like it there were some sheer Genius moments Mm -hmm. Then Paul said And I love this part because it's a Paul A rare Paul Self-deprecating type of Fucking comments Paul says he saw the promotional album walking down 8th Avenue and goes that's my hand On a Kiss album I had a panic attack. What the hell have we done? I yep. I fucking love it because it's Paul. This is his. This is his decision. This isn't what is Peter doing on the drums. This
3: isn't Ace isn't showing up. This was his business decision. What have we done? See, see, I thought I I I'm, I I'm with you on that, but I'm not going to give Paul too much credit because he's on and- record. He's on record as shitting on the Elder for years. You know what I yeah, mean?
1: Yeah, but. He shits on the elder, but he's shitting on his i. Like he's yeah, giving I, himself right. the problem about it. Yeah, I see. Right? What you're and, he's, and he's not just saying we. He's like, "What have we done? Like, holy yeah. fuck, this was a stupid decision that I was part of." Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I just find this stuff fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then an Ace voiceover comes in, and the the band did creatures instead of the elder, I may not have laughed. And then cut to Gene saying. We thought this was, this was, I love when Gene makes these comments. Me too. We thought if the who can have Tommy, we could have the elder. Actually,
3: no, we can't. That was so great. Cause that, that, that I'm telling you, I, I look, everybody knows. I love, Gene. I put in parentheses, I, Tom. I love Gene. I, I me too. I love, he goes, no, we can't. That was No, just we can't. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> like Just so honest and funny.
1: Oh and then there it is Tom
3: Ugh. What What is the next part I literally My jaw dropped At this unreleased video For I What the fuck was this Embarrassment thank god it was Now I, now I was thrilled to see Something I had never seen before But I was like holy shit th- Now I know why this was never released It's horrible it's, it, it looks like It's horrible it looks like the graphics of Flash Gordon from that yeah. 1980s movie, or, TV. or like
1: yeah. Land, Land of the Lost or something, yeah. like yeah, with a video idea of Joan Jett's "I Love Rock and Roll." Remember when the crowd is like, yes. "I yes. love rock and roll," yep. with the hands yep. pumping with the with them. That's yep. when I'm like.
3: Ah, and you got the fans putting their hands up. I'm like, but then all the band, the but fuck then all- is this, and then all the band members are on the-, the shoulders of people in the crowd, like with their fists in the air. Like, what the? It looks horrible, little- like the fucking Psycho circus video too, with the awful graphics in there. So bad, so bad. I mean, I was happy to see it because I love seeing stuff I've never seen before. But I was like, wow, that is so Put bad. Out so we could all fucking like be in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, agreed.
1: Then Paul talks about the pursuit of these great accolades and pursuing people that you don't like. Just what, and then what happens is you forsake the people that do like you, so you lose everything. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> true. For a but while, it is. It I mean, people have talked about that all the time. You're going yeah. after fucking people that don't like you. Yep. And then that turned all the fans that did have like you all this t- time all of a sudden don't like you anymore. Yep. Um, and then um. They interviewed the band with uh, before Creatures, and Ace looks a mess. He looks oh, depressed. He looks, His
3: makeup is all fucking banged up. He looks terrible. He looks really bad. He looks, like, sick. Yeah. Well, they talk about that, too. And they talk about how—correct me if I'm wrong, but I, they talk about him being suicidal.
1: Yeah. Creatures the Night was when Ace was clearly unhappy. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't even part of Creatures Night. Why are you saying like that? Right. We know right. the story about that. He's like, I don't want to even be part of this. Yep, and they used his name so they could sell the tour. We Correct that. Yep, and then Ace's voiceover says that if he didn't
3: leave, he would kill himself. Yeah, that was horrible. I, I, I don't remember hearing a story like that about Ace. I knew he was down at that time, but I don't remember hearing that kind of stuff. That
2: was Paul's,
1: shocking to me. Yeah, Paul
3: says he went to his house
1: in Connecticut, spent the day with him, to convince him to stay. I like this because Paul is reflecting back in, in and yeah. goes. Paul says it was like being in an abusive relationship and not wanted it end, because what do you have in his place? Paul says, you know, Ace left, and maybe it did, and maybe it saved his life.
3: Yep, agreed. Shocking. Right? That was kind of that was kind of a shocking thing to 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 hear. Yeah.
1: And Gene, we didn't kick Ace and Peter out, out of the band, but drugs and alcohol changed them. Yep. Paul's then Paul talks about how now his manager also disappeared. Bill was he. Was locked in his room, freebasing.
3: I heard about that. I, I remember that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gene talks about Bill being a visionary, but he had to separate. Paul calls him his mentor. and We had to go. Bill being gone was ground shaken. Um, Paul says, once him and Gene were the only consistent members, okay, it's our band now. Mm-hmm. Our band now. Now it wasn't your band now before?
3: Well, I think he the, the way I interpreted that is he's like, okay, Ace and Peter are gone, our manager's gone. Now we're really we have nobody but each other. Like that yeah, was probably I the No, but I was you, just like, No, I know. Yeah.
1: And he talks about time for us to fly the plane. Yep. Um, now they are talking about replacing Ace, and then another little
3: huh? Did Go I hear exactly I know I know what you're gonna say?
1: Bruce says he flew in with his cheap amps. <laughs> And Gene Told me he played a great vibrato, but he was trying out after Ace left.
3: I never knew that. That was another jaw drop. I'm like, wait a minute, what? He tried out? I mean, I thought that was after Vinny. Me too. Me too. I couldn't believe that. And then they
1: skip over and talk about Vinny Vincent. Yep. And they made it sound like it was an afterthought. Um, you know was like, this guy will do. I'm like, uh, Ken Sharper's the one I think he said. Well, Vinnie Vincent was in the band, and they were like, this guy will do. Uh, Paul says Vinnie got the job by default. They had a yep. tour book, and he was the closest person. Like, what?
3: I think he looks at it as like the, Vinnie was was involved in the band and, and with with some things, and it will just take him. And I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that whole Vinnie thing was just kind of a weird That was weird to me. I think Mark St. John got it and we'll get to him, but got as much
1: comment as Vinny did. Well, that's because they hate Vinny. But don't you think that's it? Yes. They purposely went out of the way. Yeah, Vinny's awesome. Vinny's great. Vinny's incredible musician. Vinny's a great songwriter. Vinny wrote some of our best songs. I'm not going to give him the fucking satisfaction of hearing that biography. Fuck him.
3: Now go back and watch what they said about Vinny during Extreme Close-Up. They gave him all those accolades. Now Gene yeah. said, yeah, he's the kind of guy that would self-destruct, but they gave him unbelievable accolades. He got none. None for his songwriting. Yep. None for his playing abilities. Only the story that you'll tell here about Vinny yeah. when we
1: get to it. Gene says Paul came up with the Ankh Warrior, and then they talked about their unbelievable South American concert, especially the Brazil, yep. which when I first saw that on uh, Exposed was probably what Blew my mind maybe a top five Kiss moment for me when I saw that video For the first time and they played I love it loud to that crowd oh my god Uh, In the US was a complete Mess Gene says new members Infuriated the fans Paul says it's like cheating on your wife And that creatures was the wake up Call that
3: not All is forgiven More revisionist history More revisionist history Talking about the blaming the Ankh-Warrior and the Fox on that. Like, I can't believe both of them are, thro- are trying to spin this yarn to new yeah. people. Like, I've never heard this before. I've never heard in all the books that we've read, and maybe if somebody count out there, you can correct us if we're wrong. In all the books that we've read, I've never heard either one of them talking about the new characters and the new makeup as a cause for lack of touring and fans and, and album sales it's
1: their wave of saying that's why we're having these guys wear the same makeup and we're not
3: changing it bingo i was going to get to that a little bit later on but you that's exactly right nope it's, it's all going back to five. oh absolutely we
1: always called each other the spaceman
3: yep and the cat man it's a
1: and that. i'll tell you i'll tell now, you this
3: it's a brilliant way to spin the story to get themselves to explain why there's a spaceman and a catman right now. I'll give them credit for yeah, that
1: because, like, the real fans kind of know, but the
3: casual yep. rock fans have seen this. Like, oh
1: yeah, that makes sense.
3: Yep, exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah, nothing to do with their music. Yeah, exactly. Really. Gene calls it the most thinly attended <laughs> tour. That's very is kind. that all you call it? Thinly attended. Thinly attended. That's kind. Um, uh, Gene says he's and there's a, this is again Gene says he's like a shark forward moment that invigorates me and that's why I am so gorgeous as a 7 year old bitch, bitch. <laughs> that was how can you not love Gene i mean for, uh, come on man it was awesome uh, and then love back it. to Paul and Gene on their couch and Paul's bare feet talks about no warning when the bottom falls out Paul describes the empty audiences And then pointing to the crowds And he's actually pointing to an empty scene Yeah (laughs) And Gene sort of chuckles (laughs) (laughs) Gene gets uncomfortable And says we can laugh about it now But it was not a good time And Paul talks about how depressed he was And they would fall asleep in his dressing room (laughs) And then they talk about Here we go again Someone oh, has an ear oh. operation. Here it comes, and we have to have our fourth conversation about the ear. Mm-hmm. And Gene talks about that he flew out there for the small plane, and he was scared, but he went through it. And Paul says his family came was there, and Gene, and Paul says that that's who he can rely on. Basically, again, is his family and Gene. Um, and um, you know, for me, I'm looking at this as like, you had elective surgery, right? You didn't have a heart transplant. You weren't battling AIDS. You had like fucking elective surgery. Now we know the story, but Gene showing up was nice of him, but you know what I mean? But like, would you expect everyone to be like, like fucking, uh, I don't know, uh, Vinnie Vincent in his broke ass to fucking pay for money to fly out there to see how you're doing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, this, is, this there's no need for any of this to be in there. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think the whole thing needed to be in there at all.
1: No, 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 it didn't. The only nope. thing that needed to be in there is when they talked about each other's kids being born and the other one being at the hospital when their kids are born. That's the yep. story in place. But it's yep. another way to, Paul, to put this endearing kind of yep. story that he's now injected into this thing. Yep. Because we're gonna look back, and over the years, we'll see more documentaries and stories about kids We'll look back at this one, and be like, "Oh yeah, this is the ear one, right?" Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ear a bunch of times.
3: <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah.
1: I know it's sensitive to Paul, and Paul needs to talk about it. I get it. But anyways, and then they talk about Gene says Paul thinks I think we should take the makeup off, mm-hmm. and then yep. that's when they go to commercial. Obviously, it's because it's a big segment, big. We all know that. Of course. So what yeah. do you think so far?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, like I said earlier, it's tough because it's a two-hour documentary well, with commercials. And you're trying to squeeze in 40 years into one of these episodes. So they have to pick and choose. But I think they did a really good job spending a lot of time on the major aspect in, in this turning point was the departure of the two original members and their manager. I think that was good. Now, you, now what you're going to start getting for the remainder of this, in my opinion, is kind of the greatest hits of the drama you know Mm -hmm. there's not too much talk about music from here on in we'll we'll, we'll kind of talk about that you talked about unmasked and the elder and creatures now you're going to get into the 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 upheaval of the of the ever-changing band members and and those things so we'll, we'll get into that but i think you start now you started to get into more like the actual Biography of the people in the band, and not what the band was like doing in terms of music and touring. But mm-hmm. either way, I, it, it's it's thrilling for me as a fan, and we'll we'll keep talking about it. So,
1: uh, Paul again with the cliche about people listening with their eyes, Gene yep. not knowing what to do because he talks about his demon persona in the stage. So mm-hmm. Gene's like, "What do we have to lose?" So they took those photos, which I you know I don't remember really recall this story. No, neither. Photo shoot. And they were convinced that Gene said we were convinced We're still Kissed And I thought the photos looked pretty cool Yeah Cut to JJ and the MTV Unmasking Which you can hear in one of our previous episodes
3: Mm Mm-hmm Yep
1: (laughs) Uh, then they talk about the Lisbon show as the first show without the uh, makeup, and they say they promoted the show with Gene and makeup, and people are like, "What the fuck is this?
3: This band is playing Kiss songs." I love see I love seeing clips of that show because I think you can tell the band doesn't know what to do, but they look so energetic and so fired up. I think yeah. Paul and Gene look awesome on stage. I like that.
1: Yeah, and the, but there's still that annoying background music
3: non hiss yeah. music. Yeah, I know. I
1: Transitioning know. the scenes is fucking yep. annoying. I know. Um, they show the band performing live, and then Tommy in nineteen eighty four talks about how he met Gene at a meet and greet, and Gene said, are "You in a band?" And he said, "Yeah, Black and Blue. That's a great band." Yep. Tommy seems so genuine, like a nice guy. When I see that, I'm like, fucking. How do you not like this
3: guy? Tommy came out of this looking so awesome and so likable and genuine, and I like it because he he's so proud that he's in kiss, but he's also like a fan of the band himself. Mm-hmm. And he seems so grateful and so thankful that he's in the band and the history that he had as a fan. Like I, I Tommy came away looking like a superstar in this.
1: Yeah. And then they show the big, you know, they got to get their shot in on Vinny. I Vinny doing the guitar solo. Gene <laughs> says he was playing too long. And Paul rightfully comes out and says, all right, Vinny Vincent. I love that. I think that
3: is fucking great.
1: And then after the concert, Vinny says, don't you ever do that to me again? And he's, and Gene says, I thought Paul was going to take his lights out. Dude, okay, that, is a, really?
3: that is a battle of the fucking purse throwers. First of all, that would be like one of those old MTV claymation celebrity death matches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vinny Vincent versus Paul Stanley. Really? Come on. Paul Stanley from the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Stop. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: Then Bruce, who we always love Bruce comes on, talks and praises Vinny, but says whatever And I love that because he's philosophical Whatever leverage Vinny thought He had over Kiss Because he wrote a lot of the great songs It's foolish You didn't create that fan base
3: How fucking awesome is Bruce? I wish there was more of Bruce Because every time he talked, it was fucking awesome I felt like Bruce felt like He didn't have handcuffs on He spoke Oh, absolutely! He's got nothing to lose. He's like my 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 tenure with Kiss was great, but it's long gone, so I can I, I can say whatever I yeah. want. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I agree. And and he's just and he's right. He
1: called Vinnie Ali, dude. Yep. You're not fucking taking over this band. Get the, sit the fuck up and do what they told you to. do. Yep. Um. Gene says writing an album or so, uh, <laughs> within an album or so, he was gone. Dude, you just minimized two of the best albums you've ever done. And that he wrote like fucking eight of those ten songs on that last album, and that's and what he that's minimized that, them. Come on,
3: and that's what I'm talking about. With I think it's a time constraint thing. There's so much happened in this era that they can't spend too much they time should on the music. Have realized
1: that people would love that dirt of the Vinny shit.
3: Oh, love I know that yeah. shit. Yeah.
1: But, yep. Oh well. Yep. Then Agreed. Mark St. John and Gene says who's not a melody guy but can play real fast. Uh, like. <laughs> He's still taking shots of this guy. I know. Um, Bruce talks about Mark and shows his And it shows his hand looking like Fucking sausage fingers Hey I'm just happy for Mark he's on an album That I like so. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm just thinking to myself yeah Bruce And Bruce says I love this part When opportunity know uh, When you have that opportunity you know You need to be ready And he was playing with Meatloaf and he toured the world And he
3: was ready But I liked, I like The way he said it with confidence He's like I was playing with meatloaf I told the world I was ready yeah like he's Like he's like fuck yeah Yep.
1: Yep so Gene says We may not have been followers but we were No longer leaders Yes the hair bands were here Yep, that yep. commercial. Yep, And then they show the Asylum album And then Paul on MTV saying Tears are falling he got clips of Bon Jovi Cinderella Great White Gene, with this typical football player in a to do comment. Oh, you knew that was coming. Uh, And then Shannon jokes with him off camera about oh, yeah. what he looked like as a handsome or something like that as a woman. Uh, Gene calls it the most embarrassing years. What we looked like and what we sounded like. That's why I wandered. Now, this was interesting because I've never heard really Gene say this. But it wasn't like, you know, Paul used to always comment like, doing some half assed, terrible band producing. But Gene was like, there was nothing interesting going on in KISS. I wanted something fun and interesting. This wasn't exciting and interesting anymore. So he wanted to find something new to get
3: his outlet. I don't blame him. Yeah, two things I, I noticed. I, I agree with you with that. Paul, Gene, once again, Gene, very honest. Yeah. But I was a, I was a little upset when he shit on their sound. Because mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, these are our most embarrassing years, the way we looked and sounded. I'm like, wow, that's weird because I don't hear. I mean, he always talked about how they looked was embarrassing in his behavior, how he was drifting because he wasn't into it. But for him to say sounded, I'm like, dude, you had some, you got fucking some classics in that era. See, I think
1: this is one of the things that that's why they don't talk to fans, real fans. Right. Sick of fans that that he's surrounded by. They'll tell him no matter what they do. I think they believe. That the only way the Kiss stuff will live on is the makeup errors. I
3: agree. Yeah, you're right.
1: But they don't realize. They should be saying to the makeup error lovers,
3: "You're missing great music." And listen to it. Listen to Asylum. Listen don't to listen cup.
1: to that. And guess what? If they did listen to it, maybe we could do a fucking little tour without the makeup and play like that. Why Bingo. don't we do that? We can actually survive a couple. We can do a, a fucking one world tour without makeup.
3: But I think you're right. I think that's why Paul Gene was kind of playing the Paul role here, minimizing a portion of their career so that they don't have to acknowledge that it kind of existed on the end of the road tour. Foolish. Yeah. Foolish, foolish, foolish. Yep. Um
1: then uh Gene they get to the screen test of Gene, you know, his acting. And then that. Gene, once again, honest, says, That's my Achilles heel. That ego. That is my crack. Yep. My crack. Um, Tommy talks about Gene producing his black And blue album and then Paul Says Gene was producing bands Notice he didn't say crappy bands Or no. half ass bands Or shitty no. bands Nope. Um, showing up not sleeping and it Became a joke but it Wasn't a joke to me He looks pissed look at oh, the, he- Paul, and the tone Paul's using like it's Taking him back to a place where he remembered That he's like what the fuck
3: Yep you could oh yeah there was some emotion There for sure yeah yep. like his Even when he's talking back about the Peter days and the ace shit, he kept that,
1: you know, reflective kind of like, ah, too bad. Shucks. That stinks. That didn't work. But this one, he seemed like he was like, yeah. And I think it wasn't a joke to
3: me. And I think that's because he holds Gene in such high esteem that it affected him more. He probably in Paul's mind. He's like, "Ah, Ace and Peter. Those guys are fucking dopes. Yeah. Gene's, Gene's my brother. And he let me down.
1: Yeah maybe he's like I can get away with Saying with them like nobody wants to hear me Shitting on those guys that much right, anymore Right right so maybe that might be it yeah. But um, Gene says he was losing interest in kiss because he couldn't get his rocks Off with them anymore he says when they got To the crazy night Paul says he was Offended and uh, You know he sat sat him Down and it's unacceptable and can't Go on Gene says Paul Was right we never been shy About telling each other and then Paul Gene does the analogy of you know your breath stinks i'm not trying to be mean oh yeah. i'm saying have a breath man so people will like you
3: like, what? <laughs> what i heard him say he goes, i'm not saying it to be heard from just saying it to you know, make your life better like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> imagine him like pitching somebody like a fucking one of his gene products on some billionaire fucking guy i think you should do it and another thing um your breath stinks I'm not saying to be hurtful to you. Uh, I'm saying C- it because. CEO I'm- of IBM, I'm saying you need a breath mint.
3: I'm saying it because it'll make your life better. Don't get upset.
1: <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> you just tell that fucking guy his breath stinks. Oh I should God. be breathing fire, not oh, you and your he- bad breath. Oof, your breath is really <laughs> offending me. Um, I don't know. The whole gene confronted about being more focused isn't in order. I didn't think it was before around Crazy Nights. I thought it was afterwards, right before Revenge. Me too. I think the timeline may be off. I don't yep. know what they're getting at, but yep. they're just skipping through everything. Yes. Um. And then, but then Paul goes back and says, "When the chips are down, and he hopes it goes both ways." He knows Gene was there. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Uh, Gene agrees that he'll come back, but he'll and he'll step back slowly.
2: Yeah, I uh, like that and, slowly.
1: Yeah. Which maybe that's why they're talking about the timeline That he's slowly coming back And then yeah. by the time Revenge he's all the way back in Maybe yep. that's what they're getting at So they yep. can skip over those albums yep. But then you know here comes the sad part About Kiss They're talking about Eric Paul says Eric was a terrific drummer funny He cared deeply about the band um, Gene talks about how Eric was spitting up blood Eric in the hospital Dead at three days after surgery Doing those that home video it was like breaking your heart um Paul says to think of yourself not the band the band will still be there and Gene says in hindsight we always will go forward uh Tommy talks about Eric probably felt that he couldn't get better cuz someone's going to take my spot um I don't know like that part I try to see it both ways like Gene and Paul are trying to keep the band afloat they're in a, a you know they just released um, uh, our our one of our favorites, Hot in the Shade, hot in fifteen the shade. songs. You know, Forever got some big play. Here, bands are hot and popular. Hot in the Shade was a big success. They got like they got to do something. And I think, really, to to what they're probably envisioning is, all right. So Eric Car Eric Singer plays on this. Eric, don't worry about it. Right. Fucking, how many times has Ace been replaced? Who the fucking who played on creatures? Who cares? You're still in this band. Just get better. Don't worry about it. You'll be back. And I think Eric wasn't looking at it that way and felt hurt by it. But I think to the band, they weren't like, yeah, my career is more important than this guy's life. I don't think they believed that Eric should be taking it that way. They I think they short him in their way that, yeah, you'll have a place. You know, to Eric Carr, he probably felt as though, you know, nobody should be in this band. This is my band. Hold off, you know?
3: Yeah, this this part of the... the I, I I didn't like this part. Um, I know you can't spend too much time on certain moments in the band's history, but I thought Eric deserved better. I thought it was very, very touching to show the video of him in his hospital bed. That was stuff I'd never seen before. I kind of wish I never did see it because I don't, that stuff kind of breaks my heart. I was a little taken aback at at the way they kind of wrapped up Eric's story and how Paul didn't really say anything. And Gene just said, it was very sad, you know, because only the good die young. I'm like, yeah, really? And then, and then they ended it by showing the video of Eric mooning the camera. I'm like, I, come on guys. I mean, I know, I know you say he was like a jokester and a funny guy that loved to be silly with the guys, but. I just, I don't know. I just felt like there should have been a little bit more. And I know it's difficult with time constraint. I know I wish I've heard different stories about Carrie Stevens being interviewed for this and having to be cut out. I don't know if that's true. I would love the wonderful Carrie to comment on that because I would have loved to have heard some words from her on this. I don't know if that's true. I just feel like there should have been a little bit more about Eric and done in a better way. I wasn't happy the way this Eric story was told. That's just me.
1: Carrie mentioned that she was interviewed for two hours. Yeah, sat down, and um, it was all they cut. Didn't play, they didn't play it. Yep. Um, and then Bob Ezrin talked about them doing "God Gave Rock and Roll." Eric, oh yeah, that was singer beautiful. played on the uh, on the song, yep. and then you know they pinpoint exactly where Eric Carr's singing was on the track, yep. Yep. which was great because he uh, he played during that interlude. And then Eric begged to be in the video. Like, I don't know why you would use that terminology, uh, Gene. Eric begged us to be in the video. Why don't you say, and then Eric, we got Eric to get, we're lucky to have Eric in the video. I don't know
3: why you want to say he begged you. He had to beg that's, you. That's what I'm saying. That kind of language makes it, it kind of like, makes it look like Eric, like, did you not want Eric in the video? Like, yeah. You know?
1: And, you know, they're talking about Eric doing a stellar job. They cut to Eric mooning the camera.
3: Yeah, that, that that was that's I the don't. Eric,
1: yeah. Carr portion, and that's you know, uh, I know, four hours. Where are you going to put all this stuff about Eric? I know. just do a documentary on just Eric. But regardless, we we move on. Uh, and then Eric says that you know he was excited. Eric Singer, he's about to join Kiss, but he's like, I just joined under the shittiest some circumstances.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, Paul talks about revenge was another turning point. And Bruce laughs and says, yeah, they survived the Bob Ezrin's. It's got to be great. And Paul says, we nailed it. Uh, But Bruce does admit revenge didn't sell. Music was changing. This is what I don't get. Then Eric Singer says, I was playing in Alice Cooper. And then he was seeing all like the stadium stuff. And he's like, music is changing. Like nobody was showing up. When was he playing in uh, like the timeline's messed up.
3: Uh, he may have just been talking a little bit before he joined in, in Revenge, revenge right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And then 90s death nail for hair bands. And obviously they're going to go to Dave Grohl and in uh, Tom Morello to talk yep. about the 90s bands coming in and yep. killing all the hair bands and stuff like that. So Kiss decides to do the convention tour, Tom, which you and Murph got to see.
3: Yes, I, I can't pissed. wait to. That wasn't there to do that. that. Yeah, we'll do an episode on that. Eventually. I love that. But I thought it was interesting because the, the 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 thing with the convention tours, the conventions were going around and then of course Gene's like, "Wait a minute, we can make money off this. Let's <laughs> yeah, do our exactly. own."
1: Exactly. It's like, "Oh, you know, people were like doing like Star Trek convention Paul's like." And then Gene says, "Well, why don't we like, yeah, yeah. Why are they making money off of us? We need to make money off of us. Yep. And so they did the convention tour. Tommy talks about being in the in the cover band Cold Gin. Yeah. Uh, Tommy booked everything, and here's the the Tommy coming in working in for Kiss and doing his like the every like jack of all trades for Kiss. Yep. Uh, shows them doing acoustic. Even Paul joking about screwing up an acoustic song, a song acoustically. And then it talks about Peter reached Out to Gene and I put in notes Here for me of course he didn't reach Out to Paul if you have ever noticed All the comments yep. of Peter and Because they were the original roommates on The road not An ace and Peter and Paul were the Roommates it used to be Peter and Gene But Peter I think And Gene even all through these years Other than saying Blew Peter Chris away blew him away Pete, Gene oh, I was ever hurtful To Peter never and yep. so peter reaches out to gene of course we know the story because his daughter he wants to teach him about kiss and about his role in the band they come out to see the alley show and then gene talks with eric and eric says he was comfortable no problem bring him out there and they show peter singing hard luck woman it's like fuck that looks so
3: awesome i was there but not but not with the peter though i didn't yeah. see peter
1: paul says it was cool magical and the audience was electric June says because Eric Singer opened up the door to Peter MTV asked what about Ace. Yep. Cut to the video of Ace saying they've discussed it and I'm open to it. Then August 9th 96 the unplugged show.
3: Here it comes. Um, and then I will I will tell you one thing I want to comment on this. Yes. I I fucking got goosebumps when they spliced the video of them playing nothing to lose from MTV unplugged with them playing it from the ABC in concert video, the way that they showed Peter playing it. I I love that's the kind of stuff that gets me jacked up with this band, seeing that kind of nostalgic stuff and the editing that I'm like, ah, I, I just, I love that little things like that in this. I loved the only thing about the
1: unplugged, and I'll say this now, is I hope I wish Peter didn't have that stupid hairdo and those stupid John Lennon glasses.
3: Oh, I was just gonna say that. Didn't he have a vest on too? Like, what, are you, had, what are you doing? No, he had a vest. Thought he had overhauls. I don't know what the. Yeah, he not not a good look. Not a good <laughs> look. No, it would, no, No, not no, not, no. not the, the, the stupid
1: glasses and the, It's no. not about the. It's not about the stupid haircut and the glasses. No. That what it does the, it's not about the back door and nothing. No, nah, it's not lose. that's not about the dirty Sanchez.
3: Sits <laughs> deep bow tie. The Rusty trombone. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not about anal pleasures, no.
1: <laughs> it's not about it at all. <laughs> and then Gene says, Whatever quality Ace and Peter had charisma, whatever it was, it was undeniable and it belonged on stage. Ace says, I can't put a finger on it if it's it's chemistry. Peter talks about he feeling the magic. Paul said, "You would have to be dead, not to be caught up on what they were feeling." Yep. And then they cut to another clip of Peter saying, "You know, we wish the four of those get together without the lawyers and get in a room and do it." And then Gene says, "Ace and Peter flew out to LA without lawyers and negotiated. You decide nothing. You're going to show up on time and do it. We guarantee you will be multimillionaires. But you're not going to make as much as Paul and I because we've carried the flag." And they both said, "Great, let's
3: do it." Yeah, did they? Like, (laughs) like, like I don't
1: know. I agree at that time because no one knew what they were going to get into. Yeah, no, I know, I I know,
3: I know, I know. You're right. The shit didn't hit the fan until a little bit later. It's not
1: the shit hit the fan. The success didn't come in. They weren't guaranteed that success. I think at that point they're like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going to make way more money than I was making." when I toured with Mark St. John and that shit band, what we, we try to create, Paul talks about, uh, being excited and aware of the feelings of Bruce and Eric who put their heart and soul into the band. This is another part of this. I'm like, wow, I'd expect nope. all to be, have the empathy of the other bands members. Go, yep. Go ahead. So, um, uh, Eric said "Thought he thought when he got the call, it was about mixing the last few songs on Carnival of Soul. Paul said, Bruce is selfless, a team player. Bruce is like, I knew it. <laughs> but Paul says, Bruce took it philosophically in stoic. Surprisingly, it was Eric who was hurt the most. Oh, yeah. And then Eric says, I couldn't be more shocked. But it's Gene and Paul's band. They're going to do what's in their best interest of Gene and Paul, not what's in the best interest of Gene, Paul, and Eric. It's the music business, not music friends.
3: That was fucking awesome. I Another one I came came out of this loving even more was Eric Singer in this. I'm like, that is honest. That is ballsy. You're, telling, you're in the band now, and you're saying that. He's like, yeah, this is Paul and Gene's band. They're not going to do what's best for Paul, Gene, and Eric. It's music business not music Friends yeah
1: So I've heard all different things And I've heard times where Eric and Gene are close or Tommy and Paul are close but then I've heard like Tommy was Gene's Lackey originally and then Paul Makes comments about Eric that he loves Eric like that's his drummer of all The drummers he'll probably take Eric Singer By far over everybody Oh yeah oh yeah but me and you have heard through the grapevine, through some contacts of ours, and a few different people, that during this time, Eric Singer was not a fan of Paul and Gene. Correct, and was shitting on them. Was yep. not happy with them.
3: Yep, that's right. Uh,
1: and had no problem fucking calling them what it is.
3: Yep, all sorts of things. Yeah, and I think that might have been his way of kind of saying that with that little one-liner there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think he's covering up for if anybody digs up anything like that and says, "Yeah, I wasn't happy." You heard it
3: exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: So then they show the cover of, and I'm only mentioning this, "Carnival of Souls" real quick, and they flip to another section. But I'm only saying this because they didn't have time to show the cover. of Fucking other great albums over the years, right? They didn't even. They didn't even. They didn't even mention "Hot uh, in the Shade." They didn't yeah, even I mean, mention did. "Hot in the Shade." I was thinking rock and roll, over, and other bands. Oh no, 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 no,
3: no! But I'm just, I'm, I'm just talking about this, 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 stuff here. Yeah, they didn't. It's, I know. Yeah, you're right. They brought up Carnival of Souls, right?
1: I mean, a couple times they talked about it. They didn't even talk yeah. about it at all about certain other things. I didn't hear anything about a live two or covers or or even showing the album covers of albums that were going proceeding. But regardless, yep. they then they go back to the Second Coming clips. And you can hear that episode on Shout It Out Loudcast. That's true. And yes. The band putting on the makeup again, the band wearing the costumes, the camaraderie. And there's a lot of nice comments from all four members. This is the beginning, remember how the trip started. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Ace is saying he felt really comfortable. Paul says it was intoxicating. Uh Peter says Gene was going through his metamorphosis back into the demon. Uh Gene says they uh well, we can't manage this band. So he got a list of names together. And Paul says, "Only well, there was only one name. And that was Chip. Chip Lagoo. <laughs> Doc McGee. And Doc is like, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Gene and Paul back on the couch. And Gene imitates Doc's voice. Gene does good impressions.
3: Oh, yeah, that was great. Yep.
1: He he talks about Doc never taking notes. And Paul said that originally they thought, Let's do some all places first. Doc was like, "No, no." And then they show the clips right to the Intrepid. Yep. And Doc talking about timing, the Intrepid clips are playing, and Ace talking about time travel, and the fans chanting
3: Ace, Ace. Paul and Gene must have been like, "Did you fuck. see Paul pretending to be excited for Ace? He was like yeah. pointing like, "Yeah, Ace, Ace." Meanwhile, he's like, "Fuck."
1: Yeah, and he was probably about as excited as he was on that soundboard when he asked the fans to chant, everybody say Ace. 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 Okay. Okay. Okay."
3: Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) Moving on. Doc's like, we're not doing theaters. We got to go get Tiger Stadium. They sold out in 40 minutes, which we all know. Paul said he had to give them the show that people remembered, not the show that they got.
3: That was interesting.
1: And that is a good point because yeah. probably like everybody's thinking, oh yeah, when when I saw them, I thought, I think it was just like a live two cover and they no, it played wasn't. just like on a live, right? Yeah. No, no, it so wasn't. They're like, shit, we're going to have to sound like that and give them the show they remembered. Yep. Yeah. Give them the show that they think they remember, not the show they got. Yep. And then they talk about the spring of 96 and Tommy trying to work with those guys. And he says, Paul goes, I remember Ace saying, why are we rehearsing? I know these songs like the back of my hand. Obviously, he didn't know the
3: back of his hand. I thought <laughs> it was interesting too, because then 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 they then they, they ask because the rehearsals were got kind of getting a little rough with Ace and Peter, how Tommy was asked to kind of help out. And even they were and they were like, even Tommy's like, yeah, not really too confident for that opening show. Like there was like he said trepidation. Like they were worried about that performance for that opening show.
1: Yeah. Ace tried to give an excuse when well, they show a clip of him talking. Well, there were so many albums and 10 songs. And now that's like 250 guitar sold. No, okay. Ace. Dude, nobody asked you to remember 250 guitar No, songs. no, no. They asked you to remember the same 20 songs you played in the 70s. Exactly. And a couple new ones. Paul says it was pretty obvious that they've been playing for the last 15 years, but the other two haven't.
3: Exactly. Yep.
1: So um, Tommy was saying how they obviously weren't where they needed to be, and Paul and Gene said we need you to get them up to speed. So he started working with Peter for a week or two. Then he went to Ace, and he said they had a good time. And he, and, you know, and eventually Ace caught up. Then you lead up to the Tiger Stadium. But you're right, Tom. They acted like they were extremely nervous. They didn't know what was going to happen. Yep. Doc says that everybody was up uh, uptight backstage, and. You didn't know what was going to happen. That's how they lead off to the stuff. Then they go, Peter, you could hear the roar. Paul, keep your composure, because that's what they're expecting. Kiss, be kiss. Uh, and then Paul says the energy was like a tidal wave. Imagine being there when they no. fucking opened up to do. I remember what it was like at the Garden when they opened up and yeah. played.
3: Yeah, and that was only about eighteen thousand people.
1: Insane yeah. live thing I think I have ever seen in a concert when oh, they no opened doubt. up. They no doubt. Out the yep. first time in makeup in 96 and then uh Peter talks about a second chance happy to be back Paul says the Messiah is of return and then you got Matt pinhead talking and he's back I like up.
3: I like Matt Pinfield I like him oh, we've got to call him pinhead too oh. Matt pinheads and Patriots I w- <laughs> it's a nice O'Reilly reference <laughs> but, but, but I want to back up real quick here yeah. Yeah, you, you missed another little Paul jab at Peter. Okay. When they were on stage, when when you made the comment, you you, you referenced the comment that Paul made about how the energy said. the energy was like a tidal wave. Yeah. He He's like, check. I he what's that? He had a check. Yeah. He goes, I had a check to make sure Peter was in time. Why? A, why did you do that? And B, why did you have to say that? There's a Paul we say this with every episode Paul does nothing by accident for you to make that statement it stood out to me so badly how much you still can't fucking stand because he's you have to minimize them at every chance because
1: he's trying to let the fans know these guys shouldn't be on our level I know guys some of you might think it's not fair I should have brought them back because now we're all wearing the makeup. I know but these guys can't play. They haven't played for 15 years. We have. I he agree. Like that's what he's trying to say. Oh, and it's working. What he's mad at me, fans. I like know. He even play. So I know. Yep. That's what he's. That's what yep. he's getting at. Yep. And then Dave Grohl talks about that. He's sitting next to the the Soundgarden drummer, saying "God of Thunder." First of all, his name is Mutt Cumran. Yeah. Why, he he not, why, why would he not? Why Why would he not say I was the saying. drummer of Soundgarden and the drummer? Of fucking Pearl Jam, um, they're bigger
3: than the Foo Fighters, motherfucker. Why would you not say his? name? I noticed that too. I'm like, why would you not say Matt Cameron's name? Yeah, like, just like he's in bigger
1: bands. Even Pearl Jam can rival Nirvana and say they're bigger. What are you fucking talking about? Andy right. was in
3: Soundgarden. The it's not like he's talking about. Yeah, it's not like he. It's not like he was like I was watching. I was with the drummer from Tora Tora. Like. <laughs> Dude, you you would fucking Matt Cameron, <laughs> one of the biggest. You, you drummers. were at Rockin' Pod too.
1: I was hanging out with the Pod Father and Baco.
3: No, dude, you gotta you got edit that out. No, you can't <laughs> say that. Why? You can't be, You can't. Dude, don't that do that.
1: Has to stay. Don't. That do has. It. Why? Why that's? Funny <laughs>
3: Dude th- we're gonna get Don't do oh, see, Why
1: is, that, I, is it mean Yes it's mean I, Because you don't <laughs> well, well, We're saying that the fucking drummer Tora, Tora,
3: don't. Tora, I'm leaving it in I totally forgot Actually by the way I totally forgot that Tora Tora is gonna be at Rock and Pod Alright <laughs> And
0: I was All right.
1: Man, it wasn't mocking I just he's gonna be there with the podfather Baco Coming back from your previously interrupted ep- this episode, we're back. Uh, <laughs> all right, so maybe he was with a different drummer. Maybe he was with the fucking drummer from I don't know, Bango Tango, whatever. Maybe, that's called. maybe he was with Carmine Peace. <laughs> He's with. Well, they'll be at Rockin' Pod, exactly. Invidiopsy. But you know who won't be at Rockin' Pod? Who?
3: Us, us. Oh boy Oh boy <laughs> We are the Peter Chris Of Rockin' Pod
1: <laughs> As long as they're not The Vinnie Vincent Oh uh, boy Anyways, God bless those guys We think Chris does a great job And all our podcast brethren Will have a blast out there We absolutely. just never make it out there
2: Right, right.
1: That's anyway, true. Um, so, getting back, um, uh, Thomas, uh, Tom Morello is talking about Ace being the man. Paul's like, they sold out a second show. Let's add another one, and then you get to this is where it's starting to get to. Mm-hmm. Ace doesn't look of it as like I'm going to make so much more money. This is just fucking lying. He's like, holy shit. He starts to bitch. Yep. All those days off on my calendar were vanishing. Lazy
3: Ace is coming out. That was a really glaring statement. He's more concerned about his days off. <laughs>
1: yeah, I need a day off of playing one concert. It's like, dude, what the fuck? What can happened in my see? calendar? Yeah, you can see what's building up. Of course, Paul and Gene are like, dude, we got to strike while the iron's hot. We've never been hotter. Let's fucking make a fortune. And Paul and uh, and Peter and Ace are probably like. Dude, we're killing ourselves. We're getting the same amount for every show they probably add on. Why aren't we asking for more if they're adding all these shows? I mean, I get the point that they should be getting more and maybe they should be negotiating. So Paul and Gene, you fucking probably should, but there's no way that Paul and Gene probably didn't have that in the original contract. Like if we add more shows, this is what you're
3: making. I was just gonna say it's the one it's one of the very rare times where I kind of side with Ace and Peter and be like, Dude, there's no reunion. This tour ain't happening without Ace. You're making all this money because Ace and Peter are here with you. You got to throw them a little bit of a bone here.
1: Did they? Did they not? I don't know. Did they give them a signing bonus? Did they give them something else? I can't see that they didn't. I think it's just one of those things. You have to be there and find it the perspective. Were they actually helping them along? Or is Gene and Paul doing the old, if you give them a little, they'll ask for more. Give them none. Yeah. Or was it like we keep giving them little And they keep asking for more It's like the blackmailer Yeah, That blackmails you If you start giving them They're going to ask for more and more and more So what do you do You got to fucking put your foot down I don't know We don't know this story Maybe someday that part will come out And we'll find out who really was the asshole Because you got to look at it some perspective You guys weren't making shit You weren't doing anything
3: Right that's what I'm saying
1: Right, we were fucking the one carrying the torch. We still were selling a million albums. You guys yeah, haven't sold but... a million albums combined.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I could see it both ways, but I I get I get it a little bit. But c- c- go ahead. We're, we're 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 getting to the part of the reunion where the walls cave in.
1: Yeah, and then uh, they talk about uh, it's the biggest tour, '96 through '97. Doc McGee talks about the White House and so the Outlaws back to the White House. And Then Gene again. Gotta love Gene. Let's not hit the iceberg again. Let's go around it. The problem wasn't the iceberg out there; it was the problem within. Yep. And then they show clips, and this is—it breaks my heart because I, I don't want to see Peter being an asshole. It's like you know you don't want to see your heroes or find out they were fucking dicks, or you learn about your favorite baseball player and he was a fucking prick, or mm-hmm. he's beat beat a woman up, or these fucking, videos. Bothered kids and abandoned them. You don't want to, like, this is the shit. And you see Peter being like, get
3: out of here, Thayer. Get that camera out of here. Like, come on. Now, here's the thing you can say whatever you want about their motivations behind these videos, which we know what the motivations are. The bottom line is these videos exist and they're real. And it made Peter look like the biggest fucking prick ever. He was a, and the look on his face when he's doing this stuff. He is an angry, miserable, mean bastard. That's all there is to it. Treating Tommy Thayer the way he was treating him, and in in just the it was it was nasty shit. And I, I know that's why they showed. I, it. I didn't
1: like it. However, I'm going to put a little perspective and be a little devil's advocate. How do you know there's not stuff behind it where Peter's like? These motherfuckers are gonna do some sort of other video, produce all this other shit, do some home videos and stuff, and they want me to perform it. They're not paying me for this shit. I'm not getting set. I asked for extra this, I don't get shit. You want me to be fucking all high and muddy and smile for your shit so you can make more money off me, and I get no
3: cut off this? Fuck off! Get the fuck yeah, but, out of here. Yeah, but why take that out on Tommy Thayer though? It's not he's Tommy Thayer is not because making the decisions.
1: Him, as they, uh, I'll mention it a little bit. Yeah, they I, know, I know. him as being on team. Paul and Gene. and I get and they, it they took Offense to it and stuff and you Work for kiss you don't work For us so fuck off And they were being yep. dicks and they found well, them to be You know what it is it's ego And shit like yeah, oh you also you learn a lot Make it we made it and you're yeah. a Fucking a wannabe
3: you know? yeah and you also Learn a lot about people when they Treat the little people and for Peter to treat Tommy like that it's a fucking dick move Period yeah but, but go ahead is treating Is he treating the fucking I don't know. I, 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 again, that wasn't the I, only time he bet, but Ace did the same thing. They were, they were all shitting on Tommy and telling him to fuck no, off I, and get I, out of here, Thayer
1: Yeah, I know. Ace loves to talk, tell the story how he punched Tommy, dude. Tommy Thayer would kick the fucking living shit out of Ace.
3: Oh, I agree with that.
1: Two seconds flat. No yep. offense. Yep. But again, there's, there's a history there. Yeah, I know. So I'm yeah. not saying that Peter went to a restaurant with his wife. In 2014, and someone brought him cold soup, and he fucking, you know, punched out a waiter. You know what I mean? I I I, I don't know. know. There's history there because of, you know, the personalities and whatever. How do you know behind the scenes that fucking him and Tommy didn't have uh, words or, you know, between between him training him, Peter felt disrespected and he was like, fuck you. He's like, well, fuck you. You don't know what you're doing. Well, fuck you. Who the fuck are you like? You don't know what they what's their dynamic. I That's get it. That's all I'm saying. I get it. I but it I'm with you. I'm I I know it sounds like I'm making excuses, but it, I'm with it, you. I'm just being devil's advocate. We don't I know what you're saying. It I doesn't know. make him look good. You're right. No. Doc at one point says they were equal members. Now they have to be under the rule of G- Gene and Paul. This wasn't gonna be Kumbaya. Paul, after the reunion, Peter and Ace were good and cooperative. Now we want equal say. Peter, I was excited to do a record But they said, you're going to do what we Tell you to do, it's our record, you're not Going to play on it, we'll pay you for it But you can't tell anybody Peter's like, I couldn't live with that uh, I, And then they, Peter's like, I won't be slapped around or Treated that way, we're going to get to that Doc saying about this And Gene, it's the same personalities From the early days, when they Were great, fantastic And then it's Jekyll and Hyde when the other stuff Comes in, Paul Peter started acting the way he once swore he would never go back to. Mm-hmm. And it was really tough.
3: Yep. I'm like, that's how Paul phrases it. I'm like, bravo. He's being that's nice. That's how he says it. Yeah, but then look at the words Gene uses. It's hard to say because our
1: fans hear this and they say, how can you say this about our beloved Catman? They're right. But that's the beginning of torture. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> Tommy says a lot of energy. That was negative. Clips of Peter bitching. Get out of here, Thayer. Paul, Tommy was our road manager and had to give the do's and don'ts to Peter. Windows and uh, for Peter, windows and foil can't can vacuum, but leave the kitchen. Just a bunch of crazy stuff. And I just wrote down again for Paul's bitching. He's still being nice. Uh, about Peter, which I'm surprised.
3: Well, because I think what Paul was doing was he was letting the facts stand on their own. He yeah, was making to pile on correct because the statements stood on their own.
1: Yeah, and then There's the clip of Peter bitching about the hotel. Just, yep, it's bad. It looks hot. Ace and Peter started resenting me because I was considered to be like basically on Paul and Gene's team. Yep. It started to get weird, and this is the part that sticks out for me a lot, Doc. The biggest thing for Peter, it was simple. He wanted to be respected by Gene and Paul. But you can't put that in a contract. You can't buy respect. You've got to earn it. I mean, that's like, that's just it. That I know what you want, but you're not going to get it from them.
3: Yeah. And then right, right, right before that statement, they show the video of them kind of with Doc in the locker room doing the, the pep talk before the thing. And I, this caught my eye. Fucking Peter yelling at Gene, saying, Yeah, fucking play near me. The fucking hasn't played, hasn't stood near me for 30 fucking years. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. Like you're calling out Gene for not, after 30 30- Yeah, I know who he was referring to when he Gene. said, Gene. I think he was talking about Gene, I think, about not playing, not, not, not playing. And I was like, dude, even the sound of Paul who's playing next to the drummer, you know, even, even the fact with the, with the way he was talking, like the tone of his voice and the other thing, somebody should have just said, Peter, your fucking reunion Catman makeup is horrible looking. I don't know who, I don't know. I don't know who did that makeup and hair, but it is horrible. Horrible, awful. Still better than Eric Singers. I don't know if it is. It might not be, but it's really bad. But go ahead. Who plays next to the drummer? I think like, he means like come going near him in the middle of a of a, of a song, like going up to him and licking and playing the bait. Like, yeah, but
1: like who does that? Who goes up to a drummer in the concert?
3: That I think that's
1: always been it. It's not the money for Peter. It's like he still has this. Italian fucking kid from New York Chip on his shoulder Like no 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 I'm going to be respected by you two, And you can't fucking just Demand shit you've got to Earn it and he's right But Peter never grew out of that I'm fucking From the streets of New York and all this Stupid shit right and he should Have just fucking behaved himself like he Did in the beginning but he started becoming Cranky McCrank pants
3: That's exactly right don't be a dick And you'll get respected
1: yeah, and you can't put that in a fucking contract And then, you know, you you mentioned about him bitching that nobody will play with him on stage And Doc says Ace's problem was different And even Peter's like, Ace got crazier As more and more, you know, the tour continued um, Paul says Ace became undependable Partially because he was unhappily
3: And partially because that's Ace I know. Was that? Ah. Was this also the clip when Ace is walking down the hall in the <laughs> <Yeah>. wrong direction, <laughs> like, and they <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, Ace!" And he's like, "Ah!" Like I, I was, la- I, I've seen that three times. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it, I laugh.
1: Like Ace, we're going on con He looks like he's holding a drink, and like, he's walking down the other end. Probably, yeah. hey, we're fucking about to go. What are you doing? <laughs> I love that. And then the Ace clip, and this is when he starts getting vindictive. He starts being a dick too. All they saw was dollar signs, then another tour, and oh, another yeah. album, and then the third tour. Um, and Gene writes, Gene says, we had contractual limits. You have to behave. Show up on time. You can't use drugs. You know the phrase? So fucking what?
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yep. Another oh, Gene, another great God, Geneism. Yeah,
1: how many of those highlights
3: does he have? Oh,
1: I know. He's the best. Doc says Ace can hardly stand up by himself, and that's the truth. And he got high, so he would fall down.
3: He passed out putting on his makeup.
1: As Paul said, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and so, you know, the, the telling story, about, they're telling the story about Ace missing that flight. We've heard that 100 times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Tommy's like, I don't think he's going to make it. Tommy, put on the suit. And then no. Ace walks in and he's like, Hey, Tommy, you're what? Yeah.
3: Now let me ask you this because I thought this was interesting and I'm asking because I really don't know the answer to this. Paul says we had an extra suit just for that reason. Yeah. Do you you believe that or do you think there was an extra suit but Paul made it sound like oh no we had an extra one for Tommy because we knew Ace would Oh no I think they had one for Tommy
1: because I think by that point they didn't know if Ace was going to be too fucked up to get on stage. You know the lawsuits and refunds we'll have to give but what if we use Tommy? Will people ask? Fuck them! They'll huh? get
3: Tommy instead. Blame I agree. I, I agree. I agree. But I just thought that was very interesting that like they no, had I an, em- had an emergency think, spaceman suit.
1: I honestly think that Paul and Gene, by the time this was coming around, yeah. they already had Eric and talked to Tommy. I think oh yeah, yeah.
3: A- agreed. I
1: think they had the backup plan, and we could pay them half of what we pay these two assholes. I'll,
3: I'll give you a hat for <laughs> to wear, Eric Singer. There's your payment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then Paul said the drug use was out of control. Ace passing out with the makeup, blah 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 blah. The story about Ace missing the flight, and uh, and then Bruce says, "Comes, I love Bruce." Oh yeah. If you were an executive at Coke, you'd be fired. But how do you fire an original guy? They to Eric Singer, what band wouldn't want to stay together? Doc, Gene and Paul wanted to stick together. It just wasn't gonna happen. I think they're making Doc be the bad guy here and trying to say that Gene and Paul never wanted that. They wanted to keep the four together.
3: Yeah, Doc doesn't care. He's got nothing to lose. He's the manager. Yeah, exactly. He's a
1: businessman. He's supposed to be an asshole. Bingo. Um Paul says, This is miserable. This is not fun. I guess we call it quits.
3: Farewell tour. And then I love this. It was drudgery and ugly with Ace and Peter. Ooh, And it was it doc was like, it sounded horrible <laughs> as great, as great as it sounded at the beginning. That's how bad it was at the end. He doesn't hold back. Sometimes. No, no, I'm surprised they allowed him to do that. And
1: Gene yep. was saying they couldn't depend on each other. And Paul, the fact that Peter didn't make it to the end of the farewell tour is symptomatic of what was going on. He came on after the farewell tour. If we remember, wait,
3: wait, wait, wait. wait. Save that. We'll
1: get to that. Go ahead. Right. And then they show Peter destroying his drums. Remember
3: that part? That is so embarrassing.
1: Peter talking about again the biggest hurt was the betrayal of Ace. Ace told that he was making so much more money. I felt I was going to have a heart attack. I know. know. We know about like, dude, what do you expect? Ace to go, nah, you need to pay me as much as Peter. Yeah. That's not realistic. Come on. This story was surreal for me. Go ahead, Paul. I called up Peter and said, we have a few more weeks left. We can do Australia and Japan and you can make a million dollars. And he said to me, I don't want a million dollars. I want what you're getting. I can totally see Peter doing it. And that's what I'm talking to you about it to him. It's not the money. It was the respect. You're going to give it to me. I think I'm as much as you. So you need to give it to me. Dude, yeah. It's not going to work you have no leverage None yeah, but here comes the good line Yeah Peter Eric is just waiting to come Back oh the Audience the fans will never accept It
3: Wow that was Paul, uh, Paul says, That was that, that was rough
1: Paul says after all these years nothing Has changed he had Nothing has been learned Paul is Using soft voice I put
3: Oh yeah Yep. right when 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 Paul said that, that Peter was like, Go ahead, the fans will never accept it.
1: You know well, what it sounded like when he was like, Oh Yep. Nothing is learned. You know what it sounded like? It sounded like
3: all be- all because
1: he's backed up by that in Miami. Oh yeah. You know my father did business with Hyman Roth. You know my father respected Hyman Roth. Your father did business with Hyman Roth. Your father respected Hyman Roth. But your father never trusted I'm not oh, Well, that's a Sicilian messenger boy, Johnny Ola
3: Johnny Ola <laughs> <laughs> Who becomes exactly. Uncle June. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I love God. I got I never thought after they got rid of Clemenza oh. that fucking that this guy, Frank Frankie Five is there. What's his name? Frankie Five Angels. Five Angels. Pantangeli. Pantangeli. Character. What does he say to them before they walk out? Chi-Chi Laporte. Chi-Chi. Your family had a lot of buffers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, buffers. All right, this, this this segment of The Godfather was brought to you by... Oh, which, um, by the
3: way, let me interrupt since this is a timely thing. Breaking news, Sonny Pooney has told us he hates The Godfather and that it's a brutal movie and it's horrible and he would rather watch Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> so I wanted to get that out on this episode so you can send all your hate mail to Pooney.
1: He has... The worst taste in a lot of
3: things. It's horrible. Then he said, (laughs) then while we're recording, yeah, I don't know if he meant this as a joke or not. And again, I'm ratting you out, Poony, because I love you. Eat a dick, Sonny. (laughs) Thanks for that clip. (laughs) That is the greatest clip ever. He says, For your listening pleasure, and he sends us a link to a danger danger (laughs) song. Are they playing rock and pod? No, they're playing the rock and pod barbecue out back near the dumpster. (laughs) Go ahead. Let's get to the good stuff. Oh
1: my God. Um, So basically Eric goes, what am I going to wear? Sure enough, the cat makeup.
3: Now I thought that was interesting because his look and tone was like, what the fuck? Really? You're putting yeah. me in the fucking cat Makeup? Like, if people didn't hate Me enough for taking over for <laughs> Eric <laughs> Exactly I'm right take over for, Eric for Peter Criss Right 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 um, And then here comes the explanation on the makeup
1: Here he comes uh, Paul someone might say It's disingenuous someone wore wear The cat makeup because he didn't Originate it but what's disingenuous Was creating new characters Gene The fox the ankh Didn't seem as authentic, Paul. Having someone wear the outfit of their predecessor really isn't that calculated. How many Batman have there been? Well, you're musicians, not superheroes. Guess what? We're as much superheroes as those guys. And then they show the Scooby Doo video of the fucking in the cartoons. Yep. I don't know. Uh, And then here we go. Revisionism. Paul having Eric back is a godsend. I can't imagine anybody else I'd rather. Play with yep, ace clip on purpose. I put Eric is such a solid drummer, it was such a pleasure on and off the stage. His timing was impeccable. Um, Paul, the vibe was great until the last show in Australia. Ace had a rough time that night, and he wasn't the same after that. He disappeared, and when they finally found him, he was skinny as ever. It was shocking. And as time passed by, Ace had just had enough. Yep. And then they show the Ace clip. We will do a farewell tour, and I swear to you, Ace, that will be it. And Gene swore to me on his mother, we're gonna do another tour. You may, and he said, you may do another tour. You can put Tommy Thayer in your makeup. I don't give a fuck.
2: Yep. And they so did. all
1: you fucking Ace cult, yep. fucking people bitching about fake Ace and fake frail and stuff. If Ace can publicly say, put Tommy in the makeup, I don't give a fuck.
3: Why do you guys? Yep. Yep. And then I love this tote too, because this was a really cool clip. They they do the symphony show. Tommy's the spaceman and Tom. And he's like, yeah, I look over and Paul introduces me. He's like, yeah. And I look down and I'm the spaceman. I was on stage. I looked at my guitar pick. It said kiss on one side, Tommy Thayer. And, I, I, and you could tell he was genuinely happy and proud of himself. And I that was, that was, that was an emotional moment but the one big thing they didn't mention Zeus who was Just, the who was the yeah. drummer on that symphony show i had that that's the
1: first thing i say you know tommy's first show is a symphony which they recorded which is amazing yep. that's his first show yep but no mention of who the drummer is and how peter press
3: how do you leave that out that is that, that talk about a crime of omission How do you leave that out after what you just said about Peter?
1: Peter was in in this interview. He probably like, yeah, then they fucking called me back because they needed me like assholes. They fucking called me back and they needed me for the Aerosmith tour too. exactly that. Right.
3: That's what I'm saying. So so if you're not a Kiss fan, you think the last time that Peter had anything to do with this band was when was before Ace. But that's what I'm saying. But but no, he was on the symphony in the Aerosmith tour. Yep. I, that, that kind of, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm kind of for the truth here. And that kind of pissed me off because I was really manipulating facts to make your point by not including that.
1: Yeah. Paul says, Tommy hit it out of the park. And then you're back to Gene and Paul on the couch. Gene. Yep. Every once in a while, as the time has gone by, there's a piece that's missing. And that's that Peter and Ace can't share in the success of the band. They helped start. I'm like, that's the difference between Gene and Paul. That's right. Gene means it. He's like, yeah, I have to like, I'm going to do it. It might be heartless. Uh, we're not going to go back. We're not going to do it, but it's a fucking shame and it bothers me that yep. they can't be here to share in this. Yeah, and Paul's it, like has all the excuses in the world. I'm like, fuck them.
3: Yeah, because Paul the way Paul Paul looks at it as you know what? These guys were cancers. I had to cut them out cut them up and they gone. like there's no we know this cold-hearted stoic unemotional and gene is like fuck man i know we had to do it but i wish we didn't have to
1: yeah he's like he wishes they could be in here with them sharing this yep. paul gives the analogy which we've all seen about this documentary oh yeah couldn't have gotten where we did without ace and peter and we couldn't continue where we are with ace and peter yep. we are blessed to have eric and tommy Particularly. Yep. Gene, no question about it. When he when Paul says that, no question about it. Yeah. Paul I love that. As far as the chemistry, the joy, the quality of the show, this is how I always hoped Kiss would be. And on top of it, we'd like each other. We have a great time. And then they show the band in like rehearsal footage. Uh Tommy joking about the band where he was 48 years ago. Paul talking all. Celebrate the legacy. Wave the flag one more time. Put that fist up and say we did it. People tend to be influenced by what you do than what you say. In the case of Kiss, we've done both. What we've done is timeless because it's backed up by who we are. And we are still here 50 years later. And the truth, we've always sung about self-empowerment, believing in yourself against all odds, remain true. But to glorify that and celebrate that makes a spectacle, makes it all more of a celebration. Mm -hmm. Gene goes on and says, at the end of the day, that's all Kiss has ever been about. We don't know what the secret of youth is or the secret of life, and we're not prophets. We're not leaders. We have nothing. We're the party masters. We like to put on the best parties and invite everybody in, and I don't have a problem with that. I'm having too much of a good time enjoying myself like you can't Imagine and then you have Tom again Morello talking about Paul and Gene And their legacy of like I can't Imagine them putting the makeup on still And just enjoying. they must enjoy doing This Matt Pinfield talks about what A journey it's been and then we get Into the final stages here Gene says A lot of sadness and heartbreak Hasn't been easy but here we are Doc says this tour is Probably The end as we Know it And so it's emotional, sobering, and you never want to say goodbye. Doc seems emotional, which I'm sure is staged. Paul and Gene on the couch. Okay, you think he's real? Yeah, I do. Fucking business manager. Nah. Uh, Paul and Gene on the couch. Paul, I think when we're done, I won't be as longing to be back up there as much as I'll love thinking about what it was like. You don't want to be back there, but you want to be able to look back there and say, I made a difference. I affected other people. I did something I think over the years, what we accomplished is something we probably never knew existed. What we shared together, this friendship, this bond, built over 50 years now is beyond friendship. It's family. Clip of the band getting back to the stadium, Gene talking about the makeup, it's freehand, you know, no one taught us and Eric, jo- Eric's joking. You taught me, Tommy said, I put the makeup on before there. I knew you guys like as a kid. And then Paul talks about the show is going to be good, depending on whether sometimes he does the eye, uh, the star pointing right. And he says, sometimes he can tell from just that. And then they show the crowd coming into the show. And then we get to Gene saying the last few words here with Paul. I didn't start thinking very much about the end. The very last show until recently, and I think about it more and more, Paul, I think Gene will miss it in a way that may hurt. And the last I'll say, Tom, is this comment from Gene. I'm not an emotional guy too much, but I'm pretty clear that when I see the last audience, I'll be probably tearing up like a 12-year-old girl. But the kind of emotion that I think was going to have is this just internal gratitude to the fans. For even allowing me to be on stage Much less in my opinion Being the best band that's ever been around Without the fans Kiss is nothing Which is why we introduce ourselves For the very first show to the very last show With the words that still ring true for us You wanted the best You got the best The hottest band And then he says I'm starting to get choked up And then it cuts to Tom Morello introducing them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, his speech where he gets all pumped up and he's just about to do some. And then the Rock and Roll All Night montage outro. And I just put in
3: yes. Yeah, Gene wasn't the only one getting choked up at the end of that. I'm not going to lie. That was a fantastic way to end it. And I love how it ended with Gene talking because Gene's the emotional one. Gene's the one that... that Yeah, Paul will have a scripted fucking story. Yeah. Yep. And, and and to me, being being a fan since, you know, like kind of earlier at the beginning when we read Twisted Kister's feedback, you know, other than my parents and my family, th- this band has been in my life since I was five years old. And to think that someday they're there, I mean, the music will always be around are you know, merchandise and f- toys and shit will be around, but for, to think that they'll never be performing again. The, the ending of this one was a, was this one hit me. This kind of reminded me of the fan. And I'll tell you right now, what, what Gene's words. And then that, that final montage with rock and roll All night, that, that, that was a gut punch for me. Cause it was just like, this is why I love this band. This is why it's they're the greatest thing in the world. And I just, I can't get enough of them. And that's why I've watched, this documentary three times yep. um, But it was a great ending To it and I, I love how it ended with Gene
1: I was wondering You wanted the best you got the best The hardest band I'm starting to get choked up He never finishes it No I'm wondering if he was like Do I say in the land or the world For those listening We always say when it comes to that saying The land we follow The alive I know yeah. it's Since world. then yeah. they always do world yeah. But I like the original the land. Yeah, me too. So we stick with that. So I'm wondering if he did that on purpose. He didn't say one or the other. Yeah, maybe. And then when they show Tom Morello the baddest, and all he's screaming yep. just as he brought it to say kiss. Yep. And then they cut to dun, dun, dun. It was sick. The montage all is amazing. The different mon- like I'm watching this by myself. Yep. And there are times when I saw the first one when it ended Fucking uh, whatever it ended, ten o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Yep. And I'm just like, that's my fucking band. Yep. That's my band. Yep. How many fucking people can look at this montage and say their band can fucking show cool things like this? It
3: was it was insane. It was it was beautiful. Whether it's
1: Gene in the Cadillac out the window screaming. Yep. Fucking the shit at the MTV Awards, blowing up outside outside in the Brooklyn Bridge whether it's the Grammys, whether it's fucking Winterland video, you name it, and they're playing this. You're like, I've heard rock and roll all night, but I will remember watching it at the end of this documentary, this clip, and this video stuff.
3: Playing that song with that montage is, it's just, if, you, you, if you're if you not a fan, you don't understand. That's all I'll say. It, it's, just, it, it, it's just something that you just can't, you just don't know.
1: It, it's one of those things that All the bullshit that you deal with.
3: Yep. Toxic Kiss fans. Mm -hmm. Fake Fraley
1: fucking uh, Ace Cults. Fucking (laughs) Sinking Stanley Idiot. Fucking uh, just crazy fucking merchandise pricing. Stupid rehashing of same old greatest hit stuff. Like all the aggravating things about being a Kiss fan. You watch a video like that and you see the end, you're like, it is so worth it. It doesn't like diminish anything. This is still our band. We yeah, they fuck up from time to time. Yeah, there's times I get upset with them. But these are our members. These are our fucking heroes. These this is our band. Fuck all that.
3: Just, I I agree. The way it ended, I just I, I got I just I got, I got emotional. I got it, it hit me. It really did. I'm not going to lie. It just hit me. And that's why I'm glad I bought it because now that it's available streaming anywhere, I can be like, you know what? I'm just going to put this on. I'm just going to have it on in the background. It's like a warm blanket. Like I want to, I just want to have it on,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there will be parts of this that will probably be quoting from time to time. Yeah. It'll be as silly as exposed or as, Nostalgic as extreme Close-up but there are parts right. in this That right. will really get to me
3: yep. And that ending montage Oh it was magic It really was like I said if you're not a fan you don't Get it you yeah. don't get it So anyway Let's get to overall Thoughts did you like One better or did you like two better Well it's it's Different the, the, like I, I, I probably liked One better slightly just because it's the heyday it's the it's the birth of the band and the hitting them hitting their peak but there was a lot the second part had a lot more drama and a lot more negativity and a lot more misery because it showed the crumbling of the band it showed the passing of eric carr it showed you know the the fallout with with ace and and peter and and them getting out of the band and, and bringing tommy and eric in I mean, it's all facts, but it just it didn't seem as happy, you know, because it wasn't. But overall, I uh, it it, they were just both spectacular. More, more, more than I ever could have imagined from either one of them. I would
1: say this. I would keep if I could only keep one of them, I would keep disc one part one. Yeah, because it's more um, positive. Yeah. Fun times. But I learned way more in part two. Me too. Part oh, two absolutely. Had way more information. Part two had more new things for me. Yep. Caught my interest. But do I really need to hear how many more times Do I want to hear? Right. Like stuff about things that I'm not happy about. How many times more right. do I really want to see Peter acting like a dick? Right. But I oh. can watch a lot of the unseen footage on part one more. But right. part two had more information. I agree. Um, so I would say part one, but part two is just a different.
3: Um, put it this way: part part one was more entertaining. Part two was more informative.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's you a good know,
3: way of putting it. To maybe put it that way. So, as far as part two goes,
1: I'll, let me just get these things first, and then uh, then you can go as well. I didn't like the way Vinnie Vincent was like kind of ignored, and that Mark Saint John got as much fucking acknowledgement as Vinnie Vincent. I liked Paul opening up about Eric's passing a little and how Bruce and Eric uh, after Carnival Souls in the reunion. I I never expected that. I know they <laughs> they gloss over the fact that Peter's back after Ace leaves. Again with the fucking stupid background music. I don't get that shit. They should have had like restrained play the background music.
3: Not whoever else. Fucking oh Jesus. It. Oh boy.
1: And and I'll just end it with. This is the time where. Peter and Ace. Could have had their words said. And should have had a voice. In what. You know how they perceive things. I can see the writing on the wall. And I can see Paul and Jean's perspective. A lot more clearly. And got how fucking annoyed they are And like fuck these guys And when everybody says oh bring them back Bring them back I can see why the hesitancy's there And to me I'm still hopeful I'm still hopeful because I look at this Tom As you, you may shake your head at Which you are now The way Paul was treating Peter Although there were things in there that I didn't like He treated him with kid gloves Now I don't know whether that means anything to Peter But I think he treated him with kid gloves. Uh, He could have been a lot more vicious than he is. Than he was on this thing. And uh, I still believe Ace is back. They got a number. They know Ace's number. And they'll hit it at the last minute. I just don't know if Peter will put all his resentment aside. And come in back. And play in the last few shows. But I'm still optimistic. They're still my band. And uh, I'm happy that this thing fucking showed. Although it could have been better. I still think they hit this out of the park.
3: Yeah, Ace Ace might come back. Uh, I think Peter's not going to come back. And when you say that Peter, uh, that Paul used kid gloves, and yeah, he he did use kid gloves because he allowed Peter's own video and audio to do the dirty work for him. Because there's a lot of shit on video and audio that Peter kind of hangs himself. So, but I think the I think I think Paul showed visible unhappiness in borderline disdain for a lot of what Peter did and the way Peter treated him in the band. So, hey, anything can happen. Time heals all wounds. You never know. But I think you I think I think you might I think you'll probably see Ace. I think you'll probably see Ace. Um he didn't,
1: sh- he didn't show he didn't show anger and disdain. I thought he was calm. Um, he didn't have that the angriest I saw Paul in this documentary
3: is when he talked about fucking Gene. But about- I think some but I think sometimes Paul's calmness is his anger.
1: Paul can't hide when he doesn't like something or somebody. I don't know. He can't. He didn't make any snickering or slide. He gave that earnest look.
3: That's my point. That's how he does it. He he, he usually
1: doesn't. He can't hide that lemon fucking face of his when he doesn't like things.
3: I don't know. The other thing I'll just wrap up. I was just a little bit surprised. Why the fuck does Sonic Boom and Monster exist if you're never going to talk about it or ever going to play a song from it? I'm not saying I wanted to hear a lot about it but you didn't even talk about it at all like well, are we are we as kiss fans supposed to pretend they don't exist because you sure as shit as band members pretend they don't exist so why should we care about them should we care about them or are they just little passion projects for paul to produce because there was not one word about it i mean yeah, you could have spent don't. you could have spent a couple minutes on how we you know we got together and we 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 produced two pretty good records and uh, you don't know no i mean again that's Maybe not, it's, it's not a big it. deal but I get it why now
1: I'm thinking out loud Because maybe he doesn't want to give people a reason to be like So then why aren't you doing another one He doesn't want to do another one they don't want to bring it up again He doesn't yeah, want to do another no, one no, which no, I think is Ridiculous if you're a fucking artist Like he talks about he needed to express Himself with soul asylum
3: Soul station I know. Uh, well because no, 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 you're right because it's, it's he, in those But he doesn't need act. to express
1: them in the music that The art form that you were doing for the last 50 years you right. have no Earn uh urgency or inclination to play that type of music. Right,
3: right. No, it's it's a nostalgia act now. So you're right. By bringing up those new albums, people can going like, oh, you have a new album? But I, I was just saying, like, I don't know. you
1: doing a new album? Why haven't you released a new album? Right. All these right. other bands are doing it. Why aren't you? Right. There's no money in it because you, the fans, have killed the record industry.
3: Yeah. But I, w- I w- like I said earlier, they should have talked a little. I was a little bit unhappy with the Eric Carr coverage, but I know whatever. And the Vinnie Vincent thing, I agree with you. He should have gotten a little bit more yeah but yeah. overall i loved it oh it's it's spectacular I, I i now that i have it on amazon prime i'll just pop it on any at any time i love it uh, it's it's amazing yep wow that was a marathon here too
1: absolutely it was we go into this next hi this is that spandsberg of dot shop.com and for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise please visit ClickTeaShop.com. At ClickTeeshop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired T-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections.
3: And now, here's your question of the week. All right, so we got a question here from – this one's an old one. I kind of keep some of these banked. This is from our buddy Grayson. Who we haven't heard from in a long time, And Grace, I hope you're still out there listening to us. But yeah, here's a quick question, and it's it, it's it's a quick question for me because I can answer it. I might be able to answer it quicker than Zeus, but he says, uh, "Imagine if you will, in the summer of 1986, that Kiss records solo albums again. What would the Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick albums sound like?" Thanks. Keep up the great work. Now I'll answer that quickly because. I have Eric Carr Rockology and Eric Carr Unfinished Business, and I have Bruce Kulick BK Three and one of his other albums. I think they sound great. I think they're like just hard rock. The vocals are great. The music's hard. I mean, they weren't produced in 1986, but I think if Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick did solo solo albums, I think they would have been amazing.
1: I would. I wonder if that was the case if you would have the same thing where maybe Eric cars would blow the other three out of the water and people were like, Whoa, this is the best sounding one, the best rocking one, or maybe Bruce or something like that. Yeah. And I would have a feeling that those two would probably do better than Paulie Paula jeans.
3: I, Oh, I agree. Oh, definitely. I agree. I think Paula
1: Jean would overthink it.
3: Yes, I agree. And I do
1: agree with you, Tom. I agree. They would sound exactly like those albums
3: it's so. a great qu- it's a great question and i think yep. i'm I'm glad that we do have some solo eric carr and bruce Kulick stuff i mean i know it's not 80s but we got them so we'll take it yeah great question grace and thank you buddy and i hope you're doing well it feels like we haven't heard from you in a while so uh hope you're well tom where can people find us people can find us talking about history for 17 hours uh but ah. other than that other than that you can hear us uh or you can you can reach out to us Uh, Our email is the best place. We love the emails. We read all of them. Most of them we read on the air, but we do read all of them. And that is shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. Please send your feedback, your comments, all that good stuff. Please send us that stuff. Uh, And of course, social media, the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're very active on all those, including all the DMS that you can use on that as well. Uh, We're part of the great Pantheon podcast family, tons of great shows. And uh, you can hear our show on all the different platforms, wherever you're hearing us. Now, if there's a particular platform that you want to hear us on, we're available on all of them. And as we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, our amazing Patreon family, another shout out to Mark Peralta for being our newest member of the family. Please check us out. Patreon.com or the Patreon app. And uh, our question of the week sponsored by our great friend, Ed from click T shop. Click with a K. He designed our great logo and our great album review crew logo. Check him out, clicktshop.com Great stuff, and uh, Ed's a great guy
1: Yeah, uh, Tom I always like to tell people they can DM Us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram uh, We're not the type of people That get angry when you do that, we actually Invite you to do so, uh, feel free To ask us some questions there You can always Subscribe to our YouTube Channel <laughs> YouTube. Uh, That is Growing exponentially Tom it is <laughs> It is um, So you can subscribe there And uh, please uh, find us on YouTube there And then also we like to tell people to get one uh, Give us one of those five star, star. Child reviews So uh, people can find us on iTunes You go to iTunes, give us a five star child review We appreciate those And it's a big help to us So if you can do that Please let us know. We'll read it on the air and we'll thank you. Uh, finally, I always repeat the email and that's shoutitoutloudcast out loudcast at gmail.com shouted out loudcast at gmail.com. We end our show with famous last
3: words. Tom, do you got any. Oh, I do. Where you don't know what you're after or if something's after you. And you don't know why you don't know in a world without heroes. Ugh. Oh, magic song makes me
1: want to cry. Oh, fantastic song. Oh, horrible. Oh, I love it. Oh, well. Oh, no. Tears are falling. Oh, no. Tears are falling. Whoa, oh, oh. Oh, no. Tears are falling. Whoa, oh, oh. I see you cry.
3: <laughs> then you got to do the little windshield wipers with your fingers <laughs> like at the end of the video. <laughs> oh, God almighty. I love it. Um,
1: Tom, thank you. KISS Army, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Till next time.
3: Guys, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a great ride talking about these uh history biographies for the last few weeks. We've had a great time watching them, dissecting them, and we hope you guys have uh, had a good time doing the same thing and listening to us do that. So thank you as always and Zeus, thank you as always, my friend. Peace out, Girl Scout.
0: Oh!